When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Bears and Izzy for breakfast on the 14th of September. A massive show. Izzy, you gave us Aucklanders. You made us feel good today, mate. I thank, thank you for that. You made us feel good. We're still in level four up here. Yeah, I just had to give a little shout-out to Auckland. They've been doing some amazing work so far and hopefully... All the work that has been done can be rewarded soon. We can get down a level up in the big smoke. It has a lot to offer, and there'll be a lot of people that'll be struggling, uh, I'm sure. So just a bit of love. But, mate, we've had a great show. We've had a great show. We got to talk to Cruz Tangera out of the men's uh, netball side. Their up-and-coming competition with the Silver Ferns after the cancellation of the Constellation Cup. So it was great little insights from him. We also spoke to Mark Orzich. From the Hawks Bay Magpies and their build up to this Sunday, the Battle of the Bays, and it's also a Ram Furley Shield defence. And he actually spoke about what the Ram Furley Shield actually means to the people, the team, and he holds it in high regard, which is awesome, awesome to hear. And then we had the one and only Jason Costigan <laughs> talking all things detectives from Wayne Bennett, <laughs> talking all things Warriors. And then he went off on some other tangent. It was a great, fascinating chat from Jason Costo. Uh, Louis, he was he was awesome. He was on a heater, wasn't he? Costo, and then Paul Moate <laughs> sang us a song which will be played back oh. many a time. Paul, we love your time whenever you come on. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We'll be back again tomorrow doing it all for a Wednesday. That was Baz and Izzy for breakfast for the 14th of September. The Chemist Warehouse Spring Frenzy Sale is on. Hurry in for half price off Go Healthy Vitamins. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Morena, kia ora. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. And we are by Kiwis and we are for Kiwis on today, Tuesday, the 14th of September. It is just after 6 a.m. in the morning. And, well, we've got a great show ahead of us for you. Jam-packed. It is busy. This morning we'll just be talking to All Blacks. Uh, just to start it off, a well-earned rest on the Gold Coast yesterday. Seen from a few of the lads' Instagrams accounts. they got the Speedos out there enjoying a sunny Gold Coast day. There'll be a few sore bodies, so potentially are missing a few of their starting players. So we're just going to delve into what we think some changes might be. Who do you think is going to come in if Bowden Barrett's calf is sore? Damien McKenzie is the obvious choice, but we want to hear from you at home as well if you think there should be any changes or anything that might transition into this weekend's game against Argentina. And then about 7 o'clock, it's Bunnings NPC, and it's back this weekend. How good. Community rugby... That's where it all begins for me. Ranfurly Shield, Farah Palmer Cup is back. 
Bunnings NPC. And then, like I said, Ranfurly Shield Fever is on this weekend. Hawks Bay versus Bayer Plenty. The Battle of the Bays. I've played many of them. The passion that is needed in those games. The love-hate relationship. The, the naming rights. The bragging rights to be able to call who calls himself The Bay. So we've got Mark Orzich. He is the coach of the Hawks Bay Magpies. He'll be joining us just talking about preparations, what's been going on for the last couple of weeks, how the boys feeling, how the bodies are, and then looking in towards that Sunday game in Hawks Bay at the ground of the country, Magpies, McLean Park. So it'll be great to chat to him. And then about 7.40ish, we're going to chat to uh, Cruz Tangera. Uh, Tangera, I mean, um, he is the captain of the men's netball side and well with the cancellation of the constellation cup uh, constellation cup just been announced the silver ferns needed some game time so the men's team has stepped up they've come to the rescue and so they're going to have an, a series up against our wahini and our men's netball side so looking forward to chatting to Cruz about his expectations the preparations and uh that series i remember last year it was actually a feisty series the men's Took the, the game one a lot easier, and then game two, the woman actually brought it to the men. So looking forward to chatting to him about that. And then 805, we're going to be talking all things NRL. We'll be joined by, for me, the voice of the Warriors Airways, Jason Costigan. Someone called National Geographic. There's a flying Kiwi out there. That is one of the many great calls, one of the many great lines from Jason Costigan. I can't wait to get some great one-liners out of him. Um, so it'd be great to chat to him about the NRL playoffs. That's just ahead of us, and then we'll delve into a little bit of Warriors chat as well. And then towards the end of the show, I thought it'd be just a good time for me just to reflect. I've spent a bit of time up in Auckland. I know what the city of Auckland is going through. My lovely crew that are on the screen, they're in the studios, they're up in Auckland. I just thought I'd share a little message for the city of Auckland later in the show. So that'll be about 8.40ish. Um, just to just to say, hang in there and uh, keep going well because um, we we really appreciate it. Aotearoa, really really appreciate what you're doing up there in Auckland. So look look listen out for that at about eight forty ish this morning. But I uh, have to go over to my crew, my lovely crew in the Auckland studio, Kieran, Joe, Trudy, and Louie. Good morning, team. Morning, Izzy. How are you, mate? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, mate. I'm good. Good, just sitting here. It's pouring down outside. It's uh, atrocious weather here, but I'm just good. I'm, I've got my TV up now, Louie. I've got the TV up out in the studio, oh. so my studio's complete now. So I've got sport all day, all day. So um, no, things are great, mate. How are you? How was yesterday for yourself? Uh, look, yesterday was good. Monday was busy day, wasn't it? And then staying on mm. and just and having, well, Smithy holding the fort for the extra 25 minutes. I really felt like I felt that the back end of the day. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the brain capacity started to go. No, I'm kidding. It was fine. Um, it was fine until about four o'clock when I guess the inevitable happened and we heard that we're still in lockdown in Auckland. And mm. it's the longest locked, hard lockdown we've done now um, as of today. Mm. And it's starting to get a little bit fatiguing. So then you just think about what Melbourne had to do last year, what Sydney's done in recent times, and you think about how lucky we actually have been in New Zealand that uh, going Mm. into week five is the longest hard lockdown we've had to do. 
But, uh, you know, you just can't help but wonder. The rest of the world is starting to open up. And yesterday watching that press conference, lots of questions from the press gallery about well, when when is the, when is a lockdown no longer the first option? And um, we just need to get those vaccination rates up. And as the Prime Minister mm. said, if you've got a booking but for later on in October, try again. Go and get vaccinated. The sooner we get vaccinated, the sooner I can go get a haircut, and that's better for everybody. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to have to do one of those Damien McKenzie hack mullets, and, oh. and nobody needs it. <laughs> I actually, it's funny you say that, man. I, I feel for you, Auckland, and I, I do. You know, we, we like to take a little bit of the mickey out of Auckland. We like to have a little bit of a laugh. But, mate, I, I know that there'd be a lot of people out there struggling, and, and like yourself, but there'd actually be a lot of people in the, in, that are really doing it pretty tough there, and... I think that's that's part of my message later on in the show is um, just 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 try and reach out to, to to everyone, keep connections going, um, try and be nice. You know, like this is a tough time for Auckland City, and, and yeah, I just can't imagine. Like, obviously, we're in level two down in Christchurch. Everything's a little bit normality. There's everything's okay. I just know that yeah, in Auckland there'll be a lot of people that probably don't have any of the help that that that's needed for them. That'll be struggling. So look. Um, I hope you hope you're doing okay as as best as possible, and um, and and things can come back to a bit of normality, like you, like you said, Louis. But haircuts, mate. I got a haircut on Thursday actually. Coming, I got a good getting a haircut on Thursday. Um, this Thursday, I got my barber. I said to him, I gave him the little sympathy thing. I said, mate, my leg's broken, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so he's coming around to my house to cut my hair. How good. <laughs> but Thursday, I'm going to get my first haircut, mate. Going to get my first haircut. Me and Arlo are going to uh, sit down and, and get a father-son haircut on Thursday. So looking forward to that. Oh, outstanding. Oh, as, long, as long as Arlo doesn't end up with one of those... No, actually, I love Damien's... I love Mickey and D-Mac's absolute mop. He's rocking at the moment. And Harvey <laughs> David Harvey Lee's, like, power mullet is... That's yucky. Oh, it, it's, that's lovely. It's great. It's real South Island. It's got a good... It's real Tasman. I can actually see why you like that. I saw a video of you the other day uh, when you are it was on the Boys Get Paid Reels, and you were up in the, uh, must have been the members' block at a race course, and you had the dirtiest, yuckiest mullet ever, <laughs> and you were sitting there. I was like, who is that? And that was a young Louie getting so excited. I, I think the average age around you was about 70. You were up, definitely up in the members' lounge, and you just stood out like a possum in the headlights, mate. It was unreal. But you had a mullet. You had a mullet, oh. and I can understand. I've had I've had I've had shocking mullets throughout the years. This is what happens when you grow up. So I played all my footy, and um, so I grew up just out of Amberley. So Brody Retallickville. So the Retallicks, uh, Chuck, yeah. um, Logan, Brody. So like deep in North Canterbury, right? And so whenever you go over a rugby tournament for North Canterbury or Canterbury Country, the raise the the uh, Clippers would come out, and I tell you what, nothing was coming off the backside of the head. So it's just culture. Mm. And um and yeah, I've had some shocking ones. And poor Shannon, I remember when um when she we f- I first met her folks, and she she was like, oh, you're just gonna have to cut it off. Like you're gonna have to cut the mullet off. And in hindsight, she feels real bad because she doesn't, you know, like you, you I don't know, if Daisy's like this. You know, they don't your, your partner doesn't like telling you what to do because then they get like all guilty about it. like, oh no, I don't control you. I don't. It's like, so in hindsight, they control everything, mate. Yeah, they they, they, everything. And they hate They're they hate nice, that. Mate. I reckon, Trudy. <laughs> Off the mark, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep, on the yep. Truly. Really? On the money, morning, morning, uh, see. Yeah. <laughs> morning, morning. So, so you are, you've, you've, you, yeah, hold you, all the, you hold all the cards, but you don't like the fact Fe- that you hold yeah, all the cards? Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. I agree. I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. You guys are always right. <laughs> <laughs> I say that too out loud and she's just giggling in the background. My wife, she's like, shut up, mate. You know I'm the boss. And I'm like, no. Nah. I constantly go around the house and I tell my kids, I'm the boss, eh? They're like, no, mummy's the boss. I'm like, no, I'm the boss. Daddy's the boss. And I'm like, no, no, mummy's the boss. I'm like, no. Who's brainwashed these kids? Who yeah. has brainwashed your kids? But that has, hit, that has gave me a great little idea, Louis. Yep. There must be some horrendous haircuts out there. There oh must be some horrendous yes. hairdos running around New Zealand at the moment. Give us a text on double eight double three with what sort of lid you're running at the moment. Give us, you might have died it, you might have got excited <laughs> like myself every holidays when I was at school and I'd, I'd go and buy some blonde dye and, and because I was Māori it would actually turn into my orange, so it was Māori orange. <laughs> I dyed this little blonde streak down the back and then I used to grow a rat's tail oh, really, back brilliant. at high school. Love it. Yeah, I say rat's tail, so I'd have a curly rat's tail at the back and I'd dye that thing blonde too. So I want to know if there's some horrendous hairdos <laughs> running around at the moment. Give us a check on double eight, double three. I can imagine that. Actually, I remember when you burst onto the scene. Did you have? Did you still have a ratty when you were playing for Hawke's Bay back in the day? Or you had something off the back of your head, didn't you? Yeah, I would have. I would have. No, me, Lindisfarne College. We had to have our uh, hair, you know, only to our ears. Had the top of our ears. Couldn't go longer than that. But Dag used to run a bloody gauntlet and he used to have a big rat's tail at the back of his head, you know, driving a sacked out Mercedes on chromes with... with um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another story. I can't. I can't tell this embarrassing story. A lot of people that know me will know that story. It's embarrassing. I can't believe I said it. You, what, did you say you drove a, a sacked out Mercedes on? Is, what was it? Oh, did, mate. What's what? What is the story? Yeah, come on. Come on. Okay, Cheesy. so Cheesy. Hawks no one's Bay, Hawks, it. It's only so six fifty. <laughs> so Hawks Bay, I got my first contract. My first contract, and I was like, still at school, and I was like, yeah, me, I'm the man. So I went out. <laughs> I bought this, I got this contract, seven and a half grand. I got this contract. I went and bought my car. I went and bought the sacked out Mercedes Benz with chromes with a subwoofer. I went and bought this car for seven grand. And I didn't get paid any more money for another like six months. So how am I going to fill up this car with petrol? But anyway, I went and bought this sacked out Mercedes Benz for seven grand when I was still at school. I thought I was so cool. So I was rolling down the road in the sacked out Mercedes with my rat's tail at the back with a blonde streak in it. <laughs> <laughs> Picture that. <laughs> oh my God. Picture that. Daisy's eye. And then I had no... <laughs> and then I had no money to fill it up, so I had to park up for a couple of months and I had to catch the bus. But anyway, that was all right. Oh it was good my fun. God, that is so good. <laughs> I can just imagine how much the man you thought you were as well. So, like, there you go. I was I had mullets and was running around in, um, and actually, so in North Canterbury, it was low luxes. So, you know those high luxes that are kind of like got the front bumper, but they're sacked out? So, it's like a complete waste of a ute. There's no point in a low yeah. lux. There is, so, it's the same thing, but it was just horrific and... And I didn't have a Hawke's Bay contract to fund it, so I was doing all sorts of dodgy things. But, um, no, it, it's, look, the, 
the, the, there's there's a lot of uh, skeletons in everybody's past, and I think haircuts is really part of it. So double eight, double three. What mm. sort of haircuts are you running right now in Auckland? Craig said, "Louis, you mean the depressing conference at four o'clock yesterday?" Oh, look, Craig, it, it actually can be quite depressing. Mm. Also, jokes aside, it actually is quite anxiety-inducing mm. to sit there and watch that stuff. And and what I saw on the news last night was that the Auckland Food Bank or the City Mission they had their biggest day ever or their most demand ever, and so you kind of think about, you know, you feel sorry for yourself mm. being in lockdown, but then you realise you've got a roof over your head and you actually are doing okay, get to come to work each day. So a little bit of perspective goes a long way in times like these, I reckon, is. 100%. Yeah, totally agree, mate. Like everyone's different. Everyone will be struggling a lot differently. And, and mental is probably a big part of my conversation later on the show. It's just a lot of people will be feeling anxious, a little bit of uncertainty, like when is this going to end? Um, you know, financially as well. What does the future look like? Um, yeah, it's it's a tough time. And, and look, I'm not here to sugarcoat her and, and just say um, I'm going to be the, you know, what I'm going to say is going to help you get through it. But just a little bit of words from myself. And, and I know a lot of the rest of the country is probably thinking the same, you know, like thinking the same that we really appreciate what you're doing up there, Auckland. And we, we you know, with, without you doing this, we wouldn't be able to carry on with our life. So just keep, Doing what you're doing and um, keep going on, keep going on. What do you got there, Louis? <laughs> He's been really serious and being quite lovely. Sorry, you're yeah, laughing. No, no, because it's not my fault. Kieran, Kieran, is he? Kieran's text the show again instead of actually coming on the show. Turn your mic on, Kieran. The what producer you... is actually sending us texts. Yeah, right? what, oh, okay, cool. what I just like sending the texts, but they, they actually do get a bit of a delay. So I sent that a while ago, yeah. and then I was like, oh, is now, he's actually going on for a really nice tangent here. I better not get in the way. But it's come to well, through anyway. Are. Yeah, well, here we are. I've just, I've texted her, I'll read it out. What does it say? It says, Louis bullied me into cutting my man bun when I was 15. Oh. Four so years what? ago. Did Four you, years ago, true Did story. you have a man bun? Yeah. Yeah, I, st- I still can do it in a man bun. It was just, you know, when I was 15, four years ago, it was quite a cool thing to have in high school. And I came on as an intern at Radio Sport with Louis. <laughs> First thing he said to me, he's like, what is that on the top of your, on the top of your head? And that's I was like, what are you talking about? That is bullying. And he said, yeah, that's got to go. First day. He wasn't having any of it. Wouldn't we even don't condone bullying on the show, Louis. You're bad boy. <laughs> this is... Hey, Izzy, what yeah. are you? What are you? What's your favourite saying at the moment? Lies. It's lies. <laughs> lying. Look, it's, it's the same thing now, mate. I mean, I just I can't get a break with this guy, honestly. Oh, listen oh, to I'm, it. Can we read out what's on front of a sweatshirt? What's the sweatshirt today, Garen? Um, it's a Danny Danny Duncan YouTube one. That's uh, Virginity Rocks. Virginity Rocks is on the yeah. front of his sweatshirt. Yeah, it's it's just on. Shout out to Joe. Yeah, just yeah, trying to be a good influence. All right. Just try and turn around the bullying that Louis gave me. That's like, I'm not having any of that. Double eight, double three. Terrible hairdos that you're rocking at the moment. We've got to talk Novak Djokovic. He couldn't get it done. Also, Izzy, Mm. um, the All Blacks this weekend. Well, the the squad's got a massive, massive two months coming up. So there probably will be some rest and rotation. And remember back in the day when that was like sacrilege, but there's going to have to be. So we'll talk about that as well. Busy morning coming up, including finding out who were your hardest working teammates off the back of Jason Ryan's comments yesterday. I'm really looking forward to that as well at about 20 past seven as well as Mark Orzich. Heaps coming up. It's 19 minutes past six. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Double eight, double three. Your worst haircuts you're rocking right now in lockdown. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 
Baz and Izzy for breakfast, 24 minutes past six on a lovely Tuesday morning, albeit in lockdown up in Auckland. 0800 150 is the Kennard's Hire phone line. Can we hear from you today? Can you give us a call today? All Blacks, who would you like to see given a crack this weekend? Surely you've got a, you're a Crusaders fan, you're desperate to see George Bridge and Will Jordan and Severis and everyone keep their positions in the team, or you're a Blues fan and you're loving Rico Iwani and you want Ofatoanga Farsi to get back in the squad. 0800 150 811. Give us a call or flick us a text on double eight double three. Izzy, uh, any glaring selection preferences that you would like to see this weekend, man? Um, look, it's, a, it's an interesting interesting one. Like When I think about it more and more, it's, it's like, what, what are, where do the All Blacks see this game? You know, it's, like you said, it's a long season. The season here, they've got this game, then they've got double header against South Africa. Physically and demanding, so tough, mate, those games against the Springboks, even against Argentina. So the bodies will be weary. The bodies will be sore. So it is a fascinating where they will look. be looking at this game. Do they go into this game? Great to see Joe Moody coming back on the weekend, get an opportunity, getting him game time. Tyrell Lomax, him and that combination off the bench, I thought they were great. Obviously little things happening in the scrum that I have absolutely no, no, no idea about what goes on in there. But um, I thought the game time that those guys were able to achieve in that will do us wonders lean towards South Africa. Um, Artie comes back. What does that do to the loose forwards? Does he come back and go into seven or go into eight? Luke Jacobson did his credentials no harm over the weekend. I thought he was outstanding as well um, in that game. So what does that do? Akiri Wani plays six. Artie at eight. Does Dalton stick at seven? Uh, and then there's the fascinating one at nine. You know, like TJ Piranara, who I thought had probably his best game I've seen him have in a long time. His lightning quick ball, his ability to shift that ball from the ruck keep the ball and play play quick. Um, he wasn't getting clean ball as well, but his ability to play quick was was great. So do they go with TJ Pernado or Brad Webber? Does he get a chance? And then 10, we know Bodie's got a calf problem. He's come out and said that. If I was the coach, I'd rest him. I'd give him a week to, to get that sorted. Um, I know it didn't affect his running, but it was affecting his kicker game, especially his last punt. If you remember his last punt in that game, he didn't quite hit it quite well, connected pretty poorly, it went out on the full. So if they do that, they'll probably play Damien. What does that do to, do to the makeup of the bench? Look, there's so many op- options. It's just whether they go into this game, they want to retain cohesion, they don't want to make too many changes. The, the the team is on a bit of a trot at the moment. They've got a good system going. They've got good connections going at the moment. They've, they've had two solid wins in a row, or, well, five solid wins in a row, but these two last two games have been pretty complete performances, I thought. So whether they want to ring in the changes to look after bodies or whether they want to just keep the cohesion, keep the team the same, keep those connections going, building towards we know what's coming. So Africa, that is the true test. So that's that's for me where where I think it's just be interesting what to think uh, Ian Foster is thinking. So I want to know what you're thinking at home. Give us a text in double eight double three. Any any changes you can see? Would you like to keep it the same or, or what? What would you like to see at home, uh, wherever you are? Give us a text on double eight double three. Izzy, can you read, and if you are the All Blacks um, coaching setup and management, 
How much could, can you read into what Argentina delivered in the weekend versus what they're going to put out this weekend? Like, I guess the question is, how careful do you have to be ringing wholesale changes, thinking, oh, they mm. didn't bring that much. Let's let's use this as a rest, well, a quote-unquote, uh, kind of a lighter week. Let's get some rotations through. But then, you know, we don't want to be 10 minutes left in the game and you're up by three and you've got the heat on and you're 22 and you've got some inexperienced guys out there with not a lot of leadership around. Yeah, you don't want to... You don't want to um, go into the un- underdone, and, and the, the the All Blacks will be wary of that. The, a, a wounded Puma is is a scary prospect. You know they they are passionate people. They are proud people as well, and they will they will be looking at the clips. And they've got um, Michael Checker in there. We know how passionate he is. You know, he gets pretty um you know pretty angry at, at the best of times. So the videos throughout the week, this week they'll be looking at little parts of their game where they were beaten up, they were pretty soft, let's be honest. So they'll be a total different beast this week, and the All Blacks know that. They've already said that post the game. They've come out and said, look, we know that the, that, that wasn't the Argentina we used to. They are a proud nation. They will bounce back. And they'll, they'll be expecting to bounce back. And like you said, we, I just don't feel like they, they can afford to make too many household changes going in there with, a, with an inexperienced side, guys that, that haven't been put under pressure at the moment. Let's be honest, they probably haven't been put under a ton of pressure in the last couple of weeks, you know, not, not extreme pressure for long periods of times, you know what I mean? So um, they'll be, they'll know that and they'll want to go into this game. They don't want to lose this game. They don't want to give South Africa another opportunity to get out of the hole that they're in at, at the moment. So they'll want to go in there, want to put a performance in and win. Whether they do that with uh, a new side or an experienced side, we'll have to wait and see. But I hope that they go in with the same team that are looking to play South Africa in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and, that, and we're going to talk a lot about that coming up because there's been heaps of chatter about um, South Africa, the game styles, how they're matching up, and just a lot of a lot of chat about South Africa. I don't want to say they might be getting ahead of themselves and and got a little bit deflated with that loss to the Wallabies. So we'll talk about that in the week ahead. It is six thirty. We've got a love racing update. We've got all more of your texts on double eight double three. What selection changes, if any, would you like to see? If you've got a question for Izzy Dag, flick us a message, double eight, double three. We'd love to hear from you. But right now, it is time for the news with Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. And thank you for a little bit of Britney Spears news. Um, good on. Oops, I did it again. Nice. Yeah. Ah, that. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, good on you, Brittany. I think you've finally un- broken free from your dad's unfair grasp, so power to her. It was a, and a 12 years younger boyfriend. Yeah. Wow. Going real well. Yes, great. Mm. And if you look at her Instagram, you can tell she's been with the personal trainer for the last few years because she's looking oh. pretty good. She posts lots and little daisy jukes and no tops. Yeah, sure. Hopefully not now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> while, while you're doing it, uh, Machine Gun Ke- the MTV Music Awards were on yesterday. Machine Gun Kelly is now dating Megan Fox. And wow. she was wearing something on the red carpet. Well, I'll just... Gonna, yeah, just uh, look, I'll do the Love Racing update. Okay. And you do your Let's research. Uh, it is time for a Love Racing update. New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing, loveracing.nz. They are your home for everything thoroughbred racing. I just thought we'd lay out the week. So we've had a look at what happened in the weekend. Some great racing at Tarapa and at New Plymouth and, of course, across the ditch as well. Looking forward to this week. Wow. We've got racing pretty much every day from tomorrow. So... 
Tomorrow is Cambridge. So there's trials at Cambridge today. Tomorrow is Cambridge on the synthetic. Then we've got Otaki on Thursday. We've got Topo on Friday and on Saturday. Well, we've, we're here. We've made it. It's the first group mm. one of the racing season, the Hawks Bay, uh, the Tarzino Trophy. And if, as I go and have a look at the, uh, the acceptances or the ballots, rather, Avantage, Cool Sign Mav, Tavi Mac, Pre Defer, Ocean Billy, Gino Severini, we might see Savion Blanc, Deerfield, Catalyst, Harlick, Dragon Leap. There is a fantastic field assembling for this group one over the 1,400 metres for $220,000 down there in the Hawks Bay. It's going to be a great day because you always get the Breeders' Gold Trail Stakes. You get the old Rocker Sir Colin Meads Trophy for the three-year-olds as well, plus some other great uh, 74 rating and um, the Remember Juki as well, over the 1,200 metres for $40,000. So minimum $40,000 $40, racing on the day. I know uh, Rickerton has a great meet on Saturday as well. We will be able to find winners galore this weekend, I reckon. I think it is stacking up to be a really, really strong weekend of racing because across the ditch as well, we also have Amaralina coming back, the Tiakau Mianna and the Bill Ritchie. We've got the shorts, so Steve Hansen's Nature Strip is racing against a lot of the Everest um, contenders and the George Ryder, isn't it, this weekend with Very Elegant. So it's just a stacked weekend of racing here in New Zealand and across the ditch in Australia. So we'll have to do our best to find some winners, Izzy. We will, we will. I'm just actually looking at the Cambridge Synthetic tomorrow. I think I've got one. I think I've got one. <laughs> uh, I, I think I've got one. I'll save it for tomorrow. I'll, say, I'll get some more confirmation overnight. From a wee wee little tipster, and then I'll confirm it tomorrow. But I've got a tip tomorrow for for uh, Cambridge Synthetic. There we go. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, that is that's probably <laughs> the biggest tease we've ever had on the show. You're teasing about twenty six <laughs> hours in advance, and I love it. <laughs> it's um, it's twenty four minutes to seven o'clock. Before we get to Quizzy Dag, mate, uh, when we got off air yesterday, I was just saying. Um, go punt Novak. He's lost the first set. <laughs> go, mm. go back mm. Novak. Um, he lost the second set, and I said in the office, ah, I've just doubled down. He went at five, and uh, he lost in straight sets. So there you go. <laughs> that was, and you could just see afterwards uh, the emotion from it. Eh? Like it took it, taking its toll. It's been a big year, and um, yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy because I was watching that game, and and when Med- Medvedev was trying to win his serve, they were actually. I thought he was going to choke because he had a he had a chance about I think it was five two. Yep. And um, he was serving for the win. He was up forty to thirty. He was serving for the win, and then the crowd started cheering, and he double folded three times straight, and um and and then went to another went to another um another match. So I thought he wasn't going to get there in the end, but no, he played extremely well, and Medvedev got his first title, which is awesome. So. Well done. Yeah, and there was that great clip going around from a couple of years ago when Medvedev was getting booed by the crowd and he was saying, keep coming, the boos make me better. I only won today because of you and this energy. And uh, two years later in New York, he's knocking off who he said is the greatest of all time. Um, Have a listen to this. I just want to say that, I mean, anyway, what, as as you said, what you accomplished uh, this year and throughout your career, um, I never said this to anybody, but I'll say it right now. For me, you are the greatest uh, tennis player in the history. There you go. There you go. There you go. 
There you go. That's the respect, eh, mate? He's never said it to anyone. He's said it on national TV. So there you go. Bang. Well done, Novak. You might not have got the grand, the uh, season Grand Slam, but you've got the respect of Medvedev and, look, so many people around the world. Okay, let's get into it. Izzy's got a tip tomorrow. Will we have to find something? This weekend's a huge weekend. What do you need? You need a $50 TAB voucher. How, do you get, how are you going to get it? Well, you're going to call 0800 150 811. Come see the Ismaster. Come see the Quizmaster. Take him on. Have a go. Don't be shy. Give us a call right now. It's Quizzy Dad coming right up. Quizzy Dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Or oh, this might be an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150 811. <laughs> <laughs> that always seems to get me up, mate. Seems to get me up. My McCafe coffee is not here yet, so we'll just get into Quizzy Dag, Quizzy Dag. We've got a good lineup. The phone lines are running hot. Everyone's hungry for a wee $50 TAB voucher. We've got Tim on the line. Good morning, Tim. Morning, is it? How are you, buddy? Yeah, good. Yourself? Yeah, very well, very well, thank you. Question number one, mate. Tom Brady has famously worn which number throughout his NFL career? Throughout his NFL career? Six. Six? Oh, no, Timmy. No, sorry, Tim, brother. Better luck next time. Craig. Craig, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Craig. Tom Brady has famously worn which number throughout his NFL career? Oh, God only knows again. I'll have a guess at seven. Ah, sorry, Craig. Here we go. Mark. Mark from the other bay. The other bay. Tauranga. Mark, good morning. Good bay. How are you, mate? The good bay, you mean. <laughs> the good bay. The other bay. How are you? Here we go. Tom Brady has famously worn... Which number throughout his NFL career? Number 12. There you go. Beautiful. Here we go. Question number two. How long did Evander Holyfield last in his comeback to boxing? Less than one round. Yeah. <laughs> Louis, you've gone. <laughs> what are you doing? Sorry. I, sorry. 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 He only went one round. Good on you. Human error. That's my bad. <laughs> Question number three. Who was the captain or kapene of the Māori All Blacks in their 2021 series against Samoa? That's a great uh, question. Uh, no idea, <laughs> but I'll guess it as Dixon. Oh, yes. You got it. You got it, Marky. Good, good guess. Thanks, question number thanks four. for the compliment on the question as well. I love that. <laughs> Question number four. In which city will all three of the Silver Ferns tests be played? Five. Christchurch? Uh, yes. He's there on a heater. He's on a heater. Here he goes. Bring it home, Marky, from the other bay. Question number five. The White Ferns won the Cricket World Cup for the first and only time in which year? Five. Two thousand and one. Oh, 
you close, Marky. So close. Sorry, bud. Bit of luck next time. You did all the hard stuff. <laughs> now Richie's going to bring it home. <laughs> Richie, good morning. Morning, Izzy. Morning, mate. You, you love timing this quiz to perfection, mate. Give it to me. What do you got? 2000. Yeah. <laughs> 2000. It's a clinic. Well done, Richie. <laughs> Poor Mark, mate. Richie, you want to give, give Mark halves or what? Yeah, give him halves. <laughs> nah, I love your work, Richie. Thanks for calling in again, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks for all your support, Mark. Give us a call tomorrow, mate. You go well. You you just pretty much did all the hard lifting. I feel sorry for you. But that's the quizzy dag for you. We don't like giving it away for nothing. you got to earn it. So there you go, Louis. <laughs> Do you know what? That's that's what you get from calling up from the, the other bay. I think there was... If, if we've learned anything here, it's that Hawks Bay is going to get up this weekend, eh? Mm. Yeah, I'll be honest, they have the rights. They are the bay at the moment. But come Sunday, they'll be the other bay, mate. The other bay. Are you excited? Are you how? Like, what are you? Are you going to be locked in on the couch? Do you get in your? Do you have an old uh, Hawks by Bay Magpies kit that you can squeeze into? Or? Well, squeeze is probably a great, great answer for that. I'll be squeezing into any jersey I used to be able to wear, mate. Um, <laughs> at this moment, she'd be tight, tight as a tiger. Um, look, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got some kit here. I've got some kit here, but I won't, I won't do that. Yeah, there's nothing. Nothing worse than it's like being a jockey when you go home and you put on your jockey kit while you're watching the races, mate. It's probably not a good <laughs> idea and probably doesn't excite me. So I'll just sit down on the couch and look at, at the moment. I'm not moving far. Looking forward to Sunday. There's going to be jam packed, full of sport this week. It's Saturday, the test match. And how good Saturday because the All Blacks are playing at 9.30, which is crazy hour here, but we've got that off Sunday, so I can stay up and watch that game. So looking forward to that. Yes, bang on, Izzy. It's 11 minutes away from 7. It's a huge weekend coming up. It's Tuesday. We already can't wait because we are sports fiends here at SCNZ. Trudy's World coming up before the news with Trudy here on SCNZ. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Yeah, welcome in Ashburton. Great to have you on board. Good standard bread country down there in uh, mid-Canterbury. And, of course, the Lahore and Meads Cup will be kicking off as well very shortly. So we'll have to give that some coverage. We love our MPC and provincial rugby. Five minutes away from seven after the news, Mark Ozich is the head coach of the Hawks Bay Magpies. He's about to head off and join the Western Force at the end of the season. Congratulations to him. What an awesome achievement. And then Izzy talks to us about his hardest working teammates on the rugby field. Can't wait to hear about that. It's Trudy's world. 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 I love that, Joe, but it's a bit of a shocker. Do we have to get rid of <laughs> we it? We have to get. Can I put in a request for a new one? Because is he like is he dag? Was he dag like that? Michael Jackson mix like that's just brilliant. I know Izzy's like an ex all black and all that. Joe, and this I'm feels like just a... this low like news oh. reader. But can I have a Joe? New this one? feels like an attack. Sorry. You know how long that took me to do? It took me hours. I tried different versions. I tried different songs underneath it. This is what I settled on. Uh, uh, you've been all pro. You're like, okay, you, I'll keep. You've it. been really nice about it, uh, and suddenly. Trudy or Paul, keep it or bin it? Keep it or bin it. Do we need a new opener for Trudy's World? Double eight, double three. Anyway, another week of lockdown for Aucklanders. All I can say is keep your chin up, man. Um, And now we're being told that masks are going to be a part of life ongoing. Like there's this chat amongst the epidemiologists that masks are here to stay and we should be wearing them every day. I just don't 
I don't know. What do you think about? I don't know. Masks. Daylight savings, I guess, nah. is less than a fortnight away and summer's coming. But I guess that gives us new tan lines, right? You've got your budgie smuggler tan line and your bikini tan, tan line. Now you'll have like a mask tan line. Did we mask at the beach? <laughs> yeah, that's what they're saying. They're going to make it like, because they don't want what was happening at Bondi in Australia. Imagine, can you imagine Izzy at, um, you know, at the crowd at R&V, if you're on the stage yeah. and you look back and oh just, there's just like everyone wearing the mask, there's no chance. Are they gonna get, they're going to get cooler though, I reckon, with cool quotes on them and stuff. And I've decided I just can't exercise with a mask on. Like it's, it's just, well, like claustrophobic. That's, that's my new favourite excuse for not working out anyway. I think we all need a 27-year-old Iranian personal trainer like Brittany. Um, um, and just talking COVID, the head of a South London church has denied fraud after allegedly selling plague protection kits as a cure for COVID-19. He's a bishop. His name's Climate Wiseman, uh, also known as Dr. Oh. Climate Wiseman. Uh, he's said to have offered these bogus little packages, which is a small little bottle of oil and a piece of red yarn for $195. He's 46, this bishop. Um, Might be a great mate of Brian Tamaki. Anyway, he's the head of the Kingdom Church in Camberwell in South London. He has been charged with... with whatever it is he's been charged with. He appeared in court yesterday wearing a white bishop-style robe. He had some gold crosses on, a crucifix and a dog collar. So, <laughs> so yeah. So he's marketing his special bottle of COVID-beating oil and that piece of string to treat, prevent, protect against coronavirus. Mm. Uh, and we were just talking first cars before, your slammed Mercedes, <laughs> Izzy. That would have been something to see. Uh, and what did you say you had, Louis? This no, is... I never got a Lolox. Oh, yeah, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't afford it. Oh, right. if, I, if I got the Hawks Bay contract, that's what I've been. That was right. the first thing. I was. I drove a 1994 Suzuki Swift. <laughs> Bless you, cotton socks, with your mullet. Yeah. I think you should get the Lolux because that's quite good alliteration. So Louis and his Lolux. Yeah. It's, it's almost like a band. What, what was yours? A Fiat Bambina, a little red one. You know, the one, oh, like yeah. the original bubble car. I love Bambina. I loved it. I sold it for $500. I reckon it's worth about ten grand now. And the boys, what did they? I want to know what their first car was. I don't think they can drive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've crashed two cars in the last See? three months. So I'm currently walking. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you Kieran, do you have a license? Oh, Louis, you've seen my car outside. <laughs> My first car. That was your mum's car. No, your mum's car. No, my mum's actually got a very similar. She's got another Skoda as well, but it's not the same. Same colour, same blue. Um, My first car was a 2005 Ford Fiesta Giha, and it was it was my baby. Yeah, Giha. I looked after it. That was yeah. I used to drive to school. My restricted. I was the last one out of all my friends because I'm the youngest, and so I used to drive there with my Fiesta. Izzy, what are you driving at the moment? What am I driving now? Yeah, Um, I've got an Amrock. Got a Volkswagen Ooh, M-Rock. Nice uh, yeah, they're a cool truck. Um, really, really nice truck. So got the M-Rock, but mate, can't beat the Mercedes sack down on Chrome's little <laughs> subwoofer in the back. That's a great mate. What are your first cars growing up, mate? You run away with some absolute doozy. My one, had, my mate had a Lada. A Lada? <laughs> oh yeah, Lada? yeah, yeah, yeah. The Russians, yeah. The Russian Lada. We used to call it. Fill it with gas. We used to call it Lara Macamina. That's what we were driving around on it. <laughs> Double eight, double three, first cars. Anyone else have a Lara or a Suzuki Swift, a Ford Fiesta, a Bambino, and Joe shouldn't have a car. <laughs> it's it's coming up to 7 a.m. Oh, level four for another week means no more McCafes for Auckland, but the rest of the country enjoy them. It's time for the news with Trudy and Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Kia ora, morena. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. It is just after 7am on Tuesday the 14th of September.
Well, we've had a great morning so far. I just have to touch up on this. I've got a text message here. Thanks, Izzy, for the Novak tennis tip. I put my money, my dollars on Medvedev. Cheers, Grant Wellington. Wow, that was actually Louis. Granter, that was Louis. Tip. So that you're welcome. You're welcome. All right? <laughs> you're welcome. Man, Medvedev, he must have been paying some good money. Anyway, we'll touch on that a bit later. Get back into the text message. I'll, I'll let you know what we got coming up on the show. We've had a great show so far, actually. So if you've missed it, make sure you download the app, SEN app. Go and look at our podcast. You can get up to date with what's been said on the show so far. But coming up, we're going to talk to Mark Orzich out of the Hawks Bay Magpies. Uh, they've got a game coming up this Sunday, the Battle of the Bays. It is a Ramfurly Shield defense for the Hawks Bay, the Mighty Magpies. They are playing, and Mark Orzich has just signed for the uh, Western Force over in Perth as well. So congratulations in, in place for Mark and his family as they embark on a wee journey overseas. But before then, he's got a wee competition that he wants to win. So looking forward to chatting to him. And then about 7.40, well, with the cancel- cancellation of the Constellation Cup, it was the NZ men's netball team to the rescue. And we've got the men's company, Cruz Tangera, to talk about their preparations and the expectations they have for this up-and-coming series. So if you've got any questions, make sure you fire them through to us and we will get them answered for you. If you've got any questions for Mark coming up on the show, just give us a call, um, give us a text and give us a call and we'll get those sorted out for you. So without further ado, it gives me great pleasure to welcome in, is he there? Sorry, I've, I've, I've jumped early. He's there, he's there, he's gone early. Typical Hawks Bay, but he gives me great pleasure. The NPC returns this Friday after more than a month-long recess due to our COVID lockdown around New Zealand. Taranaki is leading the way in the championship with Waikato flying high in the premiership, two games through respectively. This weekend, though, this weekend, though, it's all about the Battle of the Bay. We know, I know how important this game is and someone that knows how Hugely important this game is, is Mark Orzich. He is the head coach of the Hawks Bay Magpies, the mighty Magpies. Hopefully this Sunday we can call ourselves the Bay. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Izzy. How are you going? I'm good, mate. I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, eh? Just uh, up, man, up with the kids, cereal, getting the kids cereal, <laughs> getting ready for school, and then off to work, man. Just humbling, humbling parent duty. <laughs> <laughs> back to school. Yeah. How good to have the kids back at school, mate. How was lockdown? Oh, man. I, school, man. Bliss. I tell you. Uh, my wife's a nurse, so she was working shift work. And uh, <laughs> so I had the three kids at home. And I, to be fair, I think they were more sick of me than I was uh, sick of them, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, mate. Awesome. Well, how was the lockdown for you as a coach? Preparations, obviously, leading towards this Sunday. You got the. They have plenty of steamers at home. Um, how how was yeah. it during the lockdown trying to keep connections with the lads and were you able to, you know, catch up when we got to level three and, and, and the processes during that time? Yeah, mate, we just um we just really backed off on the footy. Uh the mm. guys trained, we had um just our WhatsApp page and the Strava app going so all the coaches and management and players were all doing their training and uploading their stuff and uh, we'd catch up in units and as a team and a leadership group, but it was more social, uh, particularly the first few weeks. It was just more catching up, mm. having a yarn, uh, a few jokes, a couple of quizzes, that sort of stuff. And then 
once mm. we started coming down and the case numbers started coming down, then we started to sort of focus a little bit more on the footy side of it, really. Hey, Mark, the, the Bay, you guys have had such great continuity over the last couple of years. It's been like a real feature of your play. Um, the guys seem to be getting on super well. So when you have something like this, and we did have a bit of a practice at it last year, does it kind of put a bit of a halt on, especially only two weeks through the season, does it put a bit of a halt on that continuity and trying to build for the, the common goal this year? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I feel like we're, we're starting again. I think the four weeks that we've had apart... Like just coming in last week and the guys in the gym, uh, the energy was really good and it was just sort of bordering on nearly too much. So um, like the four weeks break allowed guys to get over niggles and whatnot and the energy's been really good. But, um, you know, the skill sets, like last week we spent a fair bit of time on skills and just getting the rust out. Um, but it's hard to replicate games in a pre-season game and you know, the grind of a week and the skills under pressure. So that's a big challenge moving into into BOP um, this week is how quickly we can mm. adjust and get back to where we were because it does take time. Yeah, for sure. Hey, I remember that, that first game, Taranaki, bit of a slip up there, and then you came out and put on absolute performance against Otago in the second week. Is this week, mm. is it a case of, for you as a coach, is it, is it a case of just starting again, like clean slate, what's happened in the past has happened. You've, are you bringing in any new ideas or you you got any different combinations you want to try or, or is it just a case of just boys getting in, they know the structures that we want to play and just get in there and rip in? Yeah, like uh, every team we, we look at, we look at you know a few little areas that you pick on that you might want to target. To be fair, Bop are pretty good. Um, so we've really just taken the attitude to focus focus on ourselves and get ourselves right. Um, and we know the physical challenge that Bay of Plenty are going to uh, bring, and um, well, they've got a, a pretty pretty good squad and threats all across it. So I think if we spend too much time worry about worrying about them, we just forget about ourselves and what we're good at. Mm. And so we've had a bit of a look at Bop, but mate, like you said, it's it's more um, focusing on ourselves and trying to push each other at training to get the best out of each other to. Um, you know, come come Sunday afternoon, we've had a good week's prep, and hopefully we're good to go. Hey mate, Eddie Inardi's joined you from from down down south here. How's he tracking, and how have you enjoyed him? What's he brought to the side since he's made the venture up to the Hawk, mighty Hawks Bay? Yeah, man, he's um he's been super organised. Uh, he's a real real driver. I've been really impressed with just his detail and his knowledge. Like he's come out of that Crusaders system and spent mm. you know three or four years under some really good role models. And um, so he stepped into that void of uh, connecting the coaches with the playing group um, and linking us together. He's, as I say, his, his knowledge of the game and he's been around some great minds. And so uh, bringing people along with him, he's always doing extra skills with whoever wants to, to hit extra skills. So I've been really impressed with him over the last you know month or so that he's been with us. Um, and just his mannerism, the way he goes about it, you know, it's not, it's not in your face, and it's not, um, you know, a big pump of the chest stuff. It's just calm and concise. Um, so he's been real, real good, real settling influence in and amongst the boys. So I've been, I've been really happy with him. That's very, very kind of you to call Izzy a great mind and a role model in the same <laughs> sentence, Mark. That's um, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll, your check will be in the mail, mate. But um, look, a bit of mail, uh, bit of mail through the last couple of days. 
you got a new crust coming up. You're off to the Western Force, which is so exciting for you. Guys, you know, worked your way up all through different rugby ranks and now getting a taste of Super Rugby. How excited are you and the Fano, bro? Yeah, yeah, it's um, um, pretty exciting. Um, obviously, I want to do this, uh, the NPC and the Magpies. Um, like mm. My focus is really firmly, uh, fairly and squarely in, in that space, but uh, the prospect of, of going into that super rugby space, um, mate, if you'd have told me three months ago that I would be going to the Western Force, you know, I would have said you're, you're dreaming. Um, but... Uh, mate, it's an opportunity. It's come about. We've talked about it as a family. Um, it's probably a good time for for me, uh, and with the kids and their ages and stages of where we're at. Uh, so a lot of things married up. Um, it's a hell of an opportunity. So um, pretty excited about the prospect and cutting my teeth in there, and and no doubt learning a, a whole lot of lessons along the way. Oh, no doubt the pockets will be full as well, mate. You didn't. Uh, mention that, but we, they will be, they will be for sure. But um, mate, uh, before we get, get on to that, something about Hawks Bay, love a bit of yen, love a bit of Aussie dollar. How good, <laughs> how's Dicko? How's Dicko been anyway? Ash Dixon, the, the captain, and he's going to be a huge loss, but so proud of him. He's got to yeah. go over and start uh, paying for those, paying for his bloody million houses he's got anyway. So, how's he going? Yeah, mate, no, he's good. He's still, he's still pumping away. I love him, mate. Like, he comes in, he's 33, he's done everything in the game, over 250 first-class games, and he's still, yesterday, first day in, in the gym, lifting Big Ten, pushing Big Ten, setting the mm. standards around what it's supposed to be, what it looks like to be a professional footy player, and just not cutting corners, um example last week we had a bit of a contact session he's in there throwing down the first guy picking on the biggest dudes you know so uh for me as a coach it's been a it's been a good ride with like i never have to talk to the captain about standards and so it makes my job so yeah. much easier when you got your captain mm. leading from the front and all those facets of preparation and performance so uh massive loss but massive respect for him love love ash man he's such a good human um, and so I wish him and his family all the best too. He's going to do well over there. So you and you and Ash have kind of in, in this latest era of Hawks Bay rugby, you guys have taken the the team to some really cool places. And and it sounds like by everything I've read, Mark, that the culture is in a super place. So is that something you're really proud of? Yeah, I think so. I think um, you know it's 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 always a, it's a daily effort to make time for players. It's something we're conscious of. Um, and making squad member 34 as important as squad member number one, you know. And so we work pretty hard on our relationships with the players, and every day I know the coaching staff make a point of trying to get around every single player and, and just saying hello, if, even if it's just shaking hands. Um, and so that coupled with listening to the boys and picking your battles you know, and, and having a shared vision of where we want to go and, and the boys buying into that. Um, and it's not easy. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a daily effort to, to make those things happen. But um, I mean, we've been lucky with the playing group we've got and the coaching staff, um, and it seems to work. You know, we're an eclectic bunch of misfits and um, you know, all sorts. So um, we seem to make it work. Um, and man, my job's been made a hell of a lot easier by by the players and the coaching staff and management, for sure. 
Nice, man. Well, well we're going to look forward, uh, just before we let you go, we're going to look forward to uh, the Ramfilly Shield this Sunday. I want to ask you about the Ramfilly Shield. Earlier on in, in when we started out the show, we spoke about the Ramfilly Shield, the aura it, it holds, the mana it holds within the, the team. We were just we asked the question to everyone out there, does the Ramfilly Shield still hold that prestige that it, it did back in the olden days. For you, can you reflect on that? What's the Ramfilly yeah. Shield done for you 100%. and the Team Hawks? 100%. 100%, mate. 100%. May the community, the boys love it. May they take it all mm. around. Like, it's been everywhere through the bay. Um, yeah. And people in the street stop and talk about it. It's engaging. Um, mate, you've got to go and win it. Like, even though we're defending it, we've got to go and win it. And... And Bay of Plenty, the intensity that they'll bring, we know that they're going to be so up for, for this game and um, just what it does to a fixture and just the, the, the transition up and down the country of the Ranfurly Shield and the history and the stories that are associated with it. Um, it's fantastic to be a part of. And, you know, when you hold it and you win it, it's amazing. And then the grind of uh, trying to retain it it's a challenge in itself, um, but that's a good thing. It's a good challenge, and I think it gets the best out of out of the boys, um, whether you're defending it or challenging for it. So, man, I love it. I love the the, the history of it, um, the legacy of it. Um, so, you know, if we can hold on to it for another few, that'd be good. That'd be good. <laughs> mean, mate, mean. I love how you said that. You never go defend it. You got to go win it every single time, and that's bloody spot on. I really. Really love that call, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, good luck for Sunday. I'll be watching Battle of the Bays up the bay, up the magpies. Go well, Mark, and all the best when you travel overseas as well, mate. Beauty boys, uh, thanks, mate. Appreciate it. We'll catch up. No worries. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. Mark Orzich there, the head coach of the Hawks Bay. Izzy's beloved Hawks Bay magpies. Did you ever play in a Battle of the Bay, mate? Did you get one up? Yeah, yeah, I played a couple actually. Uh, they're actually, um, yeah, one of my fondest memories playing for the Magpies. It was always you test yourself against the Bay Plenty Steamers. You know, they were all in top division before we were there. When I started playing, we came from the second division, got up there. They're always the benchmark. Had many, many games. Um, got some great, great memories from those little battles with the Bay Plenty Steamers up against my good mate Mike Delaney. We might have to get him on the show actually. He brings some good chat. He brings some good banter. Yes, actually, Mike Delaney, who, what, how many tests would he have played for the All Blacks? Probably not as many as you'd thought because he came in that DC era, but he was a superb playmaker for where, whatever team he went to, a great game manager, and maybe could have a really interesting insight on the Damien McKenzie situation in the first fives. I mm. love that, Izzy. Let's let's try track Mike Delaney down. I tried to Google um, Izzy Dag Battle of the Bay highlights, and, and this is, I'm not kidding, all I could find from 2011 when you said that you and Zach Guilford had a great game was an article where the two mascots fought each other and there was a lady wearing the Hawks Bay mascot and the, the, <laughs> the Bay of Plenty one that came at her and grabbed her beak and she kneed him in the groin and seriously injured him. What the hell? It's a true story. I can't remember that. Two, 2011. The mascots are getting angry. Wow, <laughs> oh, there you go. Sorry. Didn't that carry on?
<laughs> Anything happens in the stands in, in Rotorua, mate, I'll tell you. That's exactly <laughs> right. It's 19 minutes past seven. After this, well, we're going to pick up on something Jason Ryan said yesterday. What the crowd doesn't see. How much time do you spend on the ground as a rugby player? Brody Retallick was immense in the weekend. So Izzy Dag has compiled a little list of his top five hard-working teammates from yesteryear. Can't wait to hear about this. It's 19 minutes past seven. Baz and Izzy for breakfast with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 0800 150 is the Kennard's High phone. I would love to hear from you. Or on the text, Ford Laser Hatchback. Loved it. Given to me by my grandma, but crashed it being a naughty boy. Talking about our first cars just before the news with Trudy. Keep those coming through on double eight double three. Right now, yesterday we heard Jason Ryan, he, the Crusaders assistant coach, talk about well, how much tight forwards actually have to work on the field and who he's been really impressed by. So we thought we'd get Izzy to put a compilation of his hardest working players together. First, here's what Jace Ryan said yesterday. I just think Brody Retallick has been unbelievable in the last couple of tests. Mm-hmm. I, I love him for any young lock that's aspiring to be the best rugby player they can. Watch Brody when he hasn't got the ball. So for us, we, we have a little we, um, KPI that we're pretty proud on where we, we stat something where we have a look at what doesn't the crowd see. That is perfect. Perfect summary from Jason Bright. And that is the perfect example of a player that does all the work but never gets the credentials that he probably deserves. And there's a lot of them out there. There is a lot of them out there. Off the ball. A lot of the people, a lot of the fans and, and, and pundits that watch games will probably watch the ball, and that's fair enough. You want to see where the ball's going, what's happening. But I dare you to just delve a little bit deeper, look a little bit closer, because where the ball is, look at the players that are doing the hard yards. And he said, look at Brody Retallick off the ball, the work that he does off the ball to get off the ground, make tackles, put double shoulders in. He's on the ground. He's under a body. He's wriggling his way out forcefully to get out of that position, get on his feet, not actually using his hands to get on his feet, he's jumping, exploding off the ground to get into position to be into the places um, where he needs can be bettering, can better his team. Look, I've, I've so lucky, so lucky in my career to be able to play with probably the greatest players to even play the game in my eyes. Um, some unbelievable talent. But talent, they weren't talented in, in skill set. What they were talented, they had big hearts. They had big ticker. They had an unbelievable work rate. They had an unbelievable um, desire to work harder than anyone else. And I'll I'll go through a little list that I've collated here in, in my book. So I've got obvious names, obvious names for, for everyone out there. You can't go past a guy like Matt Todd. For me, Matt Todd epitomizes what a battler is, an absolute battler, a guy that just works absolutely hard, makes all his tackles. There was games there where he'd make probably double the amount of tackles that anyone other player would make. You know, he'd make him 30 or 20-odd tackles or something like that, something ridiculous. In rugby, that's high. In league, probably not as high as, as the league is. But 20 tackles in a game is unbelievable. So a guy like Matt Todd, who just did all the hard yards, got off the ground, didn't get the rewards that he probably deserved because he was behind a pretty smart player, and he's my next player I'm going to talk about, Richie McCaw. Richie McCaw, like... Let's be honest, wasn't the most talented of sports players. I know Steve Hansen said it in many, many interviews, many books he's written. Um, Richie McCall, hor- not, not talented at all, but what he made, what made up for that talent was his big heart, his ticker, 
his ability to play through pain, like playing through a broken foot, broken hand, broken finger, just working extremely hard. Uh, Richie McCaw putting his head into dark places, making all his tackles, getting off the ground. Someone like him, uh, you know, just epitomizes what a what a hard worker is. So those are the two uh, top players for me. And then Andy Ellis as well. Andy Ellis, we all know Andy. He's a halfback. Halfbacks, they are the fittest guys in the team. They need to be where the ball needs to be. They need to get rid of the ball so we can play that LQP game. Lightning quick game that they are able to play. So Andy Ellis, just a real fitness freak. Um, the things he did out in the game to be able to put his his body his to be able to be in a position where he can make a difference for me. Andy Ellis is probably the smartest halfback that I've ever played with. Very very clever player. Uh, and then I can't go past Owen Franks. Owen Franks is a tight forward, but probably the hardest worker off the field I've ever seen. Trains hard, uh, puts so much time and effort into his body. Um, he's an absolute fitness freak. He's training constantly. He's recovering. He is looking for the next technology, the next experience, the next revolution in recovery. So he is always changing the game on how players recover to this day. Uh, and in the game, he's just great at what he does. Makes tackles around the park. He's so mobile, scrummaging. And then, look, my top player for me, a guy that I got to witness very, very, uh, uh, quite a few times, was a guy, Ma'anonu. Watch Ma'anonu. We'll go back and watch his clips and watch him. There is times in that game. You will see Ma'a doing the flash things. We love his big block-busting runs, his passing game, his things like that. But watch Ma'anonu when he makes a tackle on the edge. So as a midfielder, when you make a tackle on the edge, you need a split. You need a split side. So Ma'anonu would make a tackle on the right edge, and then he would get up quick, get off the ground, and he'd run to the left. And then what's needed, because both most teams play wide-to-wide attack. They love to play wide-to-wide. So if, they, if he stays on that short side, the, the tight forwards are going to be caught out on the open side. So you watch him constantly. He's getting off of the ground. He's running 30-metre shuttles, making a tackle there, getting back up, running 30-metre shuttles to the right. So Ma'anonu, for me, will probably have to be the hardest worker, the guy that you probably don't see it when you're watching. And, uh, yeah, so Ma'anonu, for me, Louis, will be the hardest worker I've ever worked with, played with. Awesome. There you go. Owen Franks, Ma'anonu, Richie McCaw, Andy Ellis, and Matt Todd. More than working class men, hard-working men, Izzy. Double eight, double three. There you go. Jason Ryan says it's stuff the crowd doesn't see. Well, there you go. Challenge yourself. Who do you think, now listening to Izzy, who do you think is a hard-working rugby player that we might not be the obvious choice throughout the years? Double eight, double three. Send us a text and we'll get Izzy to rate it. It is half past seven. We'll get to some of those after the news with Trudy. Coming up with the news with Trudy coming up for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. 27 minutes away from 8 o'clock. 0800 150 811. Who are the hardest working rugby players of all time when you think about less time on the ground, bouncing to their feet and work rate? Double eight, double three, or 0800 150 811. There's some texts already rolling in that we'll get to in a second, hey, our colleague Tim Payne, how cool is it saying that? Our colleague Tim Payne with his show with Jack Rewald over there and Tazzy for SEN. 
Um, he's had to go undergo a little bit of surgery. So this is an Ashes summer, so quite a big deal. He's been suffering pain in his neck and left arm, which has been caused by a bulging disc, which is a niggly, niggly injury. He expects to be back in full training by next month, though. Uh, he says, I will be ready to go by the first test on your painy. Good man, mate. Uh, I hope all is going well. And in Quade Cooper news... Quade Cooper, one of our favourite rugby players on Bears and Izzy for breakfast. Well, he is an Australian hero now after kicking. All it did was take, all it took was for him to kick a goal against South Africa after full time. And it looks like he might be getting a citizenship today. So this has been a, a long, ongoing process where Quade came to Australia when he was 13, I think it was. And because of the amount of time he's out of the country, they say that he can't necessarily prove all his earnings are based in Australia, which kind of is a bit of a loophole. But under the rule, doing something like, uh, what was it? He, he is set to... He has, because he's given Australia enough, I think that's what it is. Like, you've got to prove that you've given Australia He won in the game, just say. He won in the game. (laughs) It looks like it's going to change. Public pressure. That's what we love public pressure for, is he? So, Quade, there you go. He's an Aussie now. Can you believe that Quade Cooper, one of the most Australian rugby players, wasn't a citizen? It's just bizarre, isn't it? Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. What's got like a lot of things about Australia are pretty bizarre. Uh, Louis, the, uh, the way they hold... States are individually run by premiers. The prime minister has pretty much no control. It's it's crazy what goes on over there. Don't even get me started. But I'm just happy, happy for Quaidy and, and that he's been able to get his citizenship and like watching a few clips. And, and look, we we got to talk about it. Our, our Wallaby mates. I was so pumped. I was happy for for him and I was happy for the Wallabies uh, getting up over the Springboks. But especially for him, just um. Like there's always there's been a lot of conversations lately, Louis, about um, these athletes and and figuring out. We spoke to Sophie Pascoe last week. She is more than just an athlete, mm-hmm. you know, and win or lose, people will love her. Quaidy's come out and said it. Like it's it's a changing of the guard, you know. Like these athletes are, start, are figuring out that there is more to life, and there's more that defines you than just being an athlete. And look, I'll be honest, there was times when I was younger, mate. That's all I thought I was. That's all I thought I was, mate. Before before you find a bit of perspective in your life and love it. I love it, what these athletes are doing. They're changing the guard, mate. They're making it, it, it real. And the reality is, what just because we play a sport, we're nothing different. We're just real humans at the end of the day. And so happy for Quaidy to, to get that citizenship and um, just get another game. You know, it just shows resilience, perseverance. Anything's possible if you just stick at it. Great. And Sonny Bill Williams, Quaid gave a big shout out to SBW and he came on the show and, and he has the, some of the most incredible perspective I'd ever heard about, you know, being a human being, a good human being. And Quaid spoke about that. I found the wording because apparently he had never provided any evidence that he had engaged in activities of benefit to Australia. Well, there you go. There you wow. go. Uh, <laughs> go kick a penalty goal against the Springboks and all of a sudden it's, it's a, a different world. Callum Gibbons, former Hurricane and Turbo, open side, one of New Zealand's most underrated players, is? Yeah, yeah. Callum Gibbons, he played for the Hurricanes. Uh, he's overseas now. I don't know where he's at at the moment. But he played for Manu Two Turbos. Yeah, just one of those uncompromising, tough, mate. He was tough. You like you run into him, you definitely felt it. So, yep, someone like him. And, and that's the thing. This is probably one of those things you, you're at home. You're like, how do you measure something like this? I'll tell you how you measure it. You watch the player. You watch a player that makes a tackle, and you see how fast he gets back on the ground. And then if he gets up and makes another tackle, and he keeps doing that, keeps doing that, that's how you measure 
that unrewarded kind of player, the hardest workers. It's the guys that really, really put their bodies in places, put their heads in dark. You won't see an outside back, mate, putting their head in a dark place. You know, they're, just, they're the glory train, they're scoring tries, which is needed. You know, the, the game of rugby wouldn't be able to work if we had all the guys putting them head in dark places. You wouldn't be able to see the game and, and adapt and, and react to what's happening out there. So, look, it's, it's yeah, some great conversations that could be had, and I'm very lucky that I got to play with some absolute legends. And another text, 100% Brad Thorne gig. I don't think you'll find anyone in the world that will disagree with you there. So, double eight, double three, hardest working rugby players after Jason Ryan yesterday said Brody Retallick's work rate at the moment is in another stratosphere. Cruz Tangera coming up. He is a netballing genius. We'll call him that. He's been a, a veteran on the scene for a long time, and the men are getting a three-match series against the Silver Ferns. So we're going to hear all about that after this on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. 16 minutes away from eight. Keep your messages coming in about hardest working rugby players. Also, some weird reports coming out of the Telegraph in the UK that World Rugby is looking to potentially shift the Rugby World Cup to every two years. Now, that's an interesting concept. We'll discuss that later in the show as well. But Izzy, I can imagine you would have fancied yourself on the netball court, social netball, you know, throughout the years, <laughs> getting up there. What position were you? Oh, mate, I played I played one game. I played uh, one game for my wife's team up in Auckland. Actually, me and Corey Jane went and played that game, and that was the last game we were allowed to play. We were too competitive. <laughs> we were too uh, loud, and um, the wife really refused to play with me again because I was telling her to get into position. If I played a position, Louis, would probably be goal shoot, mate. Yeah. I'm trying to drop bombs from everywhere, mate. Irene. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Irene Dag. Here we go. Well, <laughs> the Silver Ferns season is due to start on Monday against the English Roses in Christchurch, but COVID has already disrupted their plans, postponing next month's Constellation Cup against Aussie Diamonds. The New Zealand men's netball team have come to the Silver Ferns rescue, and Cruz Tangera, who captained the New Zealand men's team last year, knows what it's like to face off against our world champions of netball. Morena Cruz, how are you, bud? Morena Cordova, yeah, good, thank you. How are you both? Yeah, we're good, we're good, mate. How you been? What's been happening? Uh, well, currently in lockdown uh, here in Auckland, so just trying to, you know, keep sane and, and not go too mental. But um, pretty good, just been training and, and doing the little things here and there, but no, been really good. Nice. So, how do you? Yeah, what have you been doing? Like, obviously, lockdown. How do you keep those the netball skills up and training wise? How, what have you been doing day to day to to keep the skills afloat? Yeah. So, just a lot of like cone and ball work against the wall in the um in the backyard. I've got a, a training program that I'm sort of sticking to over the course of the lockdown, just to make sure I maintain my skills, but also my conditioning as well. Um, and then just just yeah. the basic things like running and, and biking. Um, in the in the streets is, is practically what I've been doing every single day. So, I mean, it's tedious training <laughs> alone. It's it sucks. It's boring. But um, you have to get it done, of course. Cruz, you're a bit of a legend of netball in this country, let alone men's netball in this country. So you know what it's like to what, what how much it means to get this opportunity to play the ferns. So every time an opportunity like this comes about, is it a big deal in the well, men's netball community? Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely is. We, we're still definitely a um, minority sport. Um, and here in New Zealand, everything is still self-funded and, and um, we have to do everything ourselves. So to get an opportunity, not just to play against the Silver Ferns, but also showcase um, you know, men's netball nationally and internationally is, is a big deal. And it just raises the profile for, for our game and hopefully we can start pushing it to a more professional level. 
And, mate, I remember watching the game last year. It was really, really physical. There was actually some little bit of niggle out there. Can you tell us about that? What's it like out there when you're playing against the, the Wahine, the Silver Ferns? Does there get a bit of chat being thrown around for, between both teams? Oh, uh, you, you know, it's all fun and games for sure, but you definitely we both teams want to win, and um, it's it's tough. Like I, I, I won't lie, that the girls are the girls are extremely fit, they're physical, they're very smart when it comes to uh, the game of netball, and that's their day job as well. So they they do it, you know, yeah. week in week out when the season is. Um, so it's it's definitely tough to to compete against. And I don't know if you watched the final last year, but we lost, um, and we had a seven foot mm. shooter. So it goes to show. <laughs> how how good they really are, but, um, but yeah, no, it's it's an it's an amazing opportunity, and, and it's awesome to, to come up against them um, again. Cruz, you remember watching Izzy play footy? Um, you, you probably know. You, you probably <laughs> know, you know, know his big goose step and tongue hanging out. What sort of he reckons he's a goal shoot? What what sort of position would he play? What does his profile fit? <laughs> Yeah, I do remember him. Um, yeah, uh, playing definitely. I, I reckon. I reckon he'd be a mid quarter. To be fair, uh, I think he's got the speed and and sort of the flair to to play centre yes. or all wing attack. Um, yeah, I don't know about shooting. I, I have to see how good his, his technique is. But yeah, definitely, definitely a mid quarter. As a, let's go goal, like shooting. I was, I was watching a video when you did a Sky Sport uh, shoot for them uh, last year. I think it was. I'm watching you shoot. It's totally different from actually shooting a ball, isn't it? The netball. It's totally different technique. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say so. So I played basketball growing up in high school because um, males weren't allowed to play netball, and um, yeah, there is a different different technique to to shoot. And obviously, the the goal is a lot smaller, so you have to be a little bit more accurate. And there's no backboard, um, so it's all about just lining up your your shooting arm and making sure that that follow through is there and connecting. I guess the the bounce of of the knees with with the follow through as well. So. Yeah, it is it is totally different and, and one that takes a lot of practice and I don't even think I'm there yet. But um <laughs> yeah, it is definitely definitely a lot different. Oh nice. Well, well we're gonna talk about the Silver Ferns, um, you know, coming up in this week a uh, couple of games against England. The Constellation Cup has been uh cancelled because of COVID. COVID has its own agenda at the moment. But what are your thoughts on the Silver Ferns at the moment? They're heading in the right direction. They're, they're doing extremely well over the last couple of years, am I right? Yeah, no, you're you're one hundred percent right. They're doing amazing at the at the moment. I think um Nolan Toto, the the head coach, has has, has brought a word of difference to that team, just the way she infuses um not only the, the techniques of the game but also her own personal style into her her coaching is, I think, very beneficial for uh, the Silver Ferns. And, yeah, I, I think um, coming up against England, it is a new-looking team. They won't have Jane Watson. They won't have Amelia and the Canasio, but they'll, they'll they'll have really good experience and really exciting young players coming through like Grace Wickey and Tiana Matildo. So I think um, with the Commonwealth Games and the World Cup the following year coming up, they, they definitely are stepping in the right direction. Hey, all right, Cruz, before we let you go then, I don't know how the logistics of it works and how you actually assemble this team and, and how you'd end up playing, but do you think that off a short lead-up the, the men can knock the ferns off this year? Are you confident or you back them in? Um, I'm like 50-50, if I'm going to be honest. Um, it's tough because we, we won't have a training camp or anything like that before playing then, and, and our team hasn't even been picked yet, so I don't even know if I'll make it, so... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we go. Um, 
the COVID, like you said before, COVID has its mind of its own at the moment, so that's putting pressure on the team and the personnel on the team. So I'll say I'm 50% confident. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 50% confident. Hey, I've got a wee tip. Just throw it to the 7 foot. I watched that game last year. I'll just lob it. Straight over to him. He'll yeah, sit yeah. under the post and just exactly. tip it in there, a little alley-oop, mate. Is that the tactics? Well, that clearly didn't work last year, so we might have to implement <laughs> something uh, this year. But, yeah, well, I mean, he won't even be in the team because he lives in Australia and they, they obviously can't fly back because oh. of the restrictions now. So, um, yeah, we might have to... Figure something else. Just, out. just go find, just go find another. Just go find Stephen Adams' brother. I'm sure he's got another sibling somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> go yeah. get the, the Adams family have been going well enough. Cruz, all the best, man. Well, really, really, really appreciate you have uh, the fifty percent chance has gone down to thirty percent now. Sorry, <laughs> bud. Yeah, I think so. I think it has. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me, team. Thank you so much. No worries. Awesome. See you, man. Thanks, Cruz. Is he? You might need to get that ankle healed, mate. You might need to get, you might need to get your, your running shoes on and get out there and give the lads a hand. He thinks I'll go good in the midcourt. He must have seen the, the 2017. He hasn't seen the updated version of his rail dag. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the movement is a lot slower these days. But anyway, that's oh. all good. What, what an absolute champion cruise. I'm looking forward to that wee series. I love watching the men's actually take on the Silver Ferns uh Last year, it was really physical. It was really physical, and you could actually see the Silver Fern girls actually getting a bit annoyed by it. So looking forward to that series. Yeah, it's always a funny watch. It's awesome, though. So thank you, Cruz Tangera, for joining Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's 11 minutes away. A Honda Civic. It wasn't a manual. It was an automatic. It was a Honda-matic. It was my Nana's Richie. <laughs> thank you. Asking about your first cars. And also, hardest-working rugby players of years gone by, Dwayne Monkley, most underrated player that never played for the All Blacks. Very high work. Great, couldn't agree more. Please leave your name when you send us a text. Double eight, double three. We'll come back and get through some more of those. It is seven minutes, seven minutes, I should say, away from eight here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Yes, and after eight, it's Costo talking NRL. A huge weekend in the NRL, Izzy. But your uh, top five hardworking players: Richie, Owen, Franks, Andy, Ellis, Matt, Todd, and Matt Anono have got some good attention from the text machine. They have, they have got some great things. Leone Nakarawa does all the hard yards like Brody Vitalik for Fiji, but can also offload like SBW. That is Lieutenant Leone Nakarawa from Fiji. Great text message there. And then we've got Mark Cowboy Shaw, 1980 to 1986 All Black, and Mike M. Brewer, 86 to 95 All Black, two of the hardest working players from the past. That is from Mike from Otago. So keep those text messages coming through. Your hardest workers, the guys that don't really get the credentials that a lot of the other players do, but without them, the game wouldn't be able to play, be able to play how it is played today. So give us a text and double eight, double three, some awesome, awesome feedback. And then we've got another text, Louis. G'day, gents. Another good win for the squash player Paul Cole overnight. Yeah, and Cairo, holy. as he moves into the quarterfinals, the latest platinum event on the PSA World Tour. Check out the venue, Glass Court, in front of the Pyramids. It would have had to be one of the most spectacular sporting venues in the world. That is from Todd. So up, Paul Cole. How good. That is good to hear from him. 
I reckon we have to check in with Paul Cole, A, to see what he did with all that cash he won at the British Squash <laughs> Open, and see also what he's doing in Egypt. I mean, we can't even get out of Auckland, and he's in Egypt, in Cairo. This is crazy <laughs> seeds. Costo, Jason Costigan coming up after the news, and also Izzy's ode to Auckland. Why he's going to tell us to hang tough up in the 09 in the next hour too. Cannot wait for that McCafe coffee. Right now it's the news with Trudy Fukuboda. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Kia ora, morena. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ and it is just after 8am on Tuesday the 14th of September. And it is Te Reo Māori Language Week. And I promise throughout the week I'll be keep adding in a few Te Reo Māori words couple of little sayings here and there. Look, I'll be honest, it's a bit out of my comfort zone, but that's what this show is about. I'll put myself out there, show a bit of vulnerability and give it a try because that's what it's all about. We've got to br- embrace it. It is a part of our culture and we are Aotearoa, New Zealand. So, so good. We've had a great show so far. Uh, we've spoken to uh, Cruz Tangera out of the men's netball side. Their up-and-coming clash with the mighty Silver Ferns after the cancellation of the Constellation Cup, leading into the England series that must need game time for the Silver Ferns and what the men's set team is going to bring. He thinks they've got a 50-50 chance. Well, after the cancellation of the 7 footer out of Australia, they've only got a 30% chance of winning that competition. <laughs> so good luck to the men's side, Cruz. And the lads, looking forward to that. And then we also spoke to Mark Orzich out of the mighty Hawks Bay Magpies. Bay of Plenty, Steamers, the Battle of the Bays this Sunday. Shield Fever is well and truly back. And, well, if you missed that conversation, go over to our SEN app, check out our podcast. It's got all up-to-dates with conversation, little interviews. And Mark Orzich spoke about the Shield Fever. It still holds a big place in our Kiwi hearts. It is well, uh, it was well respected amongst uh, the the playing group, amongst the unions, and he just said what it really means to these provincial, small provincial towns when they get it. The the players really enjoy going out there, embracing it to the community, and seeing what it means to the community as well. So great little insights from Mark Orzich. And then, wow, coming up just after five, maybe in a couple of minutes, we're going to chat to Jason Costigan, and we know Jason Costigan, man. He is the voice of the Warriors. I want to know if you've got your favourite one-liner for Costo. Give us a text on double eight double three. My favourite is someone called National Geographic. There is a flying kiwi out there. <laughs> that is one of the all-time greats from Jason Costigan. So give us a text if you've got your great one-liners. We've had some great feedback on your hardest-working All Blacks or hardest-working rugby players that you des- uh, feel <laughs> deserves a nomination. So give us a text on your greatest one-liners. For Costo, and we'll pass those over to him. But then later on the show, well, it's been a tough day. Uh, it's a tough announcement yesterday for Auckland. Level 4, they will be in Level 4 for another nine days. So I just thought it would be a great time, a great little moment for myself to just say a few words on behalf of myself mm. and probably most of the country. There'll be a few out there that, that they would just love to little stick, put a little stick into Auckland because we love to give them a little bit of stick over every now and again. But... Now, Auckland is doing it very tough at the moment, so we appreciate what you're doing. So later on the show, I just want to say thank you and just a little bit of a glimmer of hope toward hopefully what the future holds and the summer that we potentially might be able to have if you Aucklanders can stick at it. Most years are paying 
by the rules, old mate, judges. Son wasn't, but anyway, we won't get into that one. It's all right, we'll move on. We've got Jason Costin coming up, Louis. So we've had a great show so far, mate. Yes, we have. We absolutely have, Izzy. And just a quick one just to touch on just before that uh, we get to Costo is this, um, this biennial World Cup for the Rugby World Cup that's come out of the Telegraph. Trudy had it in her mm. news. They've said that they've considered it before, and it's definitely something they'll cons- they want to keep considering again. This is World Rugby uh, Chief Executive Alan Gilpin. So we'll watch that and just see how that progresses throughout the day on SE. N Z very, very curious stuff. I don't think it'd be mm. a bad thing at all, but is too much rugby world cup would that dilute the product? Anyway, we can touch on that later because it's rugby league time. Yes, it is, mate. He is well known in these waters for his great cause of the Warriors team gone by. And he has been back on the mic this year for SNZ as we ramp up our commitment to rugby league. You can listen to all finals games on the NRL or on any SENZ, and this weekend's gone, we saw some classic performance. Jason, Jason Costo Costigan has taken the early call for us across in Australia. Good morning, Costo. How are you? Izzy Louie, good morning to you. Good morning, New Zealand. And you mentioned the Warriors, so I might also mention one of my great <laughs> moments and one of the great opportunities that we were given in those days that you're alluding to was not only calling the Warriors but calling the New Zealand team that won the Rugby League World Cup for the first time. Something that gets glossed oh. over. It gets glossed yes. over a bit. and it does, it does fire me up. I just want to mention the Kiwis this morning. And uh, on the back of particularly our lively discussion with Sir Graham Lowe on Warriors Live mm. a couple of weeks ago, where we, we probably shone a light on New Zealand's sport and culture a little bit that probably got a few people fired up. So, um, and if it did, um, tough luck. Oh, I love it, Costa, mate. We're, we're so happy to hear you back on the airways. You, your one-liners are an absolute genius. They are a cult following amongst a lot of my friends, mate. When we have a few quiet stubs, a couple of those one-liners will come out uh, during the night, and uh, we really, really look forward to hearing you on SENZ calling all of the NRL finals. So, um, But, mate, you excited to be back on the airways and, and calling the games? Well, I, I am very excited, you know, and I was just watching the, the you know, the finals unroll, uh, unravel over the weekend. And, you know, for example, at the Gold Coast, last time they won a finals match, oh. I think that uh, I was calling it Sky Television and Julia Gillard was the Prime Minister of Australia. So, you know, it was a long time, but yeah, you, you laugh and laugh as you should. And, and as listeners probably are giggling as well, because, you know, it was 10 years actually in the wilderness for me. And, and for those people who mm. uh, did not know, and, uh, you know, uh, politics is uh, for the desperate and the, and the dateless, and I'm not sure if I'm not getting a date or <laughs> how desperate I am, but I was in <laughs> politics, for, I was in politics for, for, for the best part of a decade, and uh, you never say never. And my love for rugby league never disappeared. It's just that, the, uh, you know, it was curtailed, and, and I was a spectator, literally going to games mm. and, and whatnot, and uh, I always wanted to come back to calling rugby league, and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to SENZ management to give us the uh, the chance to come back and, and and live my dream. Because you know, I'll tell you just something quickly, and uh, we sort of touched on it with Sir Graham Lowe on on the program calling the football the other day, the rugby league. One of the things yeah. I did when I was um, secretly uh, asked to come to New Zealand to audition, if you like, and it was never reported in in the newspapers or anything like that. And we did um, revisit this recently. 
I actually asked a taxi driver when we came to Auckland uh, a long time ago, more than 20 years ago, and I had big shoes to fill. So, you know, I mean, so Graham knows this because he, you know, he's got a great rapport with Graham Hughes, and Graham did a great job, and I was a great fan of Graham Hughes, a great admirer of, mm. of Graham Hughes, and I came into the country uh, auditioning, and when I w- was in the taxi, I said to the cabbie, "Mate, can you stop off at Carlaw Park?" He couldn't understand why I wanted to go there on a weekday with no one around except grasshoppers. And I went into the place and just soaked up the history and the and the heritage and the nostalgia because it was a place that I sort of watched on television as a kid. So that's why, for me, whilst I'm not a New Zealander, you know, I, I didn't grow up supporting the, the Ponsonby Ponies or Papakura or, for, you know, for you West Aucklanders listening this morning, you know, the Teatatu Roosters. You know, and I've been to the Chook Pen out there. So I, I, I bought into that, that tribalism that started with rugby league in New Zealand kicking off in 1908. And uh, contrary to what some people think, you know, the game didn't start with the Warriors in 95, and I'm very cognizant of that. Hmm. Hey, Costo, that, that, that's a great synopsis on how you kind of got into the league, and you're such a synonymous voice with the sport in our country. But over the weekend, we were kind of, it's almost like the, having the Warriors out of it, you kind of, kind of get, it's like an exorcism. You don't actually, you can actually watch rugby league and just watch it for the sport and not have the anxiety of the Warriors. So what did you make of the first weekend of finals? We had the bunker in action. We had some upset victories. What were your kind of headlines coming out of the weekend? Well, I, I think the, the most comical thing was the press conference. You know, you go and have a look at the four games. If, if you, you know, if if you uh, want to liven up your day and have a great afternoon, uh, knock off early and go and watch the replays uh, of the four semi-finals. But what about the press conference before the game between the Rabbitohs and the Panthers? And and it probably didn't uh, register with a lot of people. Um, but I had a look at actually, I actually played the replay of the press conference involving the master coach Wayne Bennett. Mm. And just to paraphrase for the benefit of you and all the listeners, that Wayne Bennett basically uh, blew up the Penrith Panthers before the game, where he exposed their blockers, as he's called them. Now, Nathan Cleary kicks downtown, right? Everyone's got a playmaker. Uh, and rugby league's no different to that. So Cleary is the coach's son, of course, and I remember him as a young lad uh, in uh, St. Heliers going to visit his father mm. uh, and his mother years ago when I was calling. And uh, and he and he knows this, and he certainly father has not forgotten either. And uh, his father's got a big job this week because he's got to rebuild Penrith after a shock defeat in South Sydney. What Wayne Bennett said about his... Uh, terminology calling out Penrith for using blockers in, in interfering in, in in people from South Sydney and other teams trying to put pressure on Cleary. Not illegal pressure within the rules of the game, within the laws of the game. And and he said, and they train for it. And we know this because, you know, I've got a good source. So there's espionage in rugby league. I kid you not, Wayne Bennett, a former policeman, has basically blown Penrith out of the water before the game. <laughs> And this is South Sydney that was basically, everyone said they're finished. They're, they are cactus. They are dead set cactus. And uh, they came out and they, and they won. And I can't believe it because I guess, I'll tell you fellas, I didn't tip South Sydney. 
I thought anyone who no. did needed to go and get a CAT scan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the it same. Rattled, I'm the same, Costa. Ivan Cleary got blown out of the water and the Panthers got blown out of the water uh, and, and there's allegations of, of a leak from the NRL. How did it get out in the media? And, and Wayne Bennett put on an, an amazing display at a press conference for a bloke who doesn't say too many words. You know those old competitions with Cadbury Schweppes, 25 words or less? How do you reckon? you reckon Wayne Bennett used to love them or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beno, mate. So, so you reckon he he rattled that that cost them the game? Oh, the, for the sure. Panthers went into that game. Mate. Oh, he blew them up. <laughs> you know, if Ivan Cleary was uh, in a submarine, Bennett dropped the depth charges, and the submarine went to the bottom. Oh wow! Well, I didn't pick that cost. Again, I didn't pick I, that at all. I just, yeah, I just want to tell you again. He, this is Wayne Bennett, the former policeman. You know. That doesn't mind a bit of an investigation. What do you reckon? And and he has spies <laughs> up at Penrith. What, so Benny's got Benny's got all these what secret cameras in uh, in pot plants. This is what oh. is this? Oh, I don't know. I, who's the spy? Who's the double agent at the foot of the mountains? But what we do know is there's some sort of mole up at Penrith, and <laughs> they spill their beans to Benny before the game, and he's just blown them up at the per- most perfect time. And those mind games have rattled Penrith. Rattle Ivan Cleary, who I've got great respect for, great time for, great admiration for. And, uh, you know, I've known Wayne Bennett for a long time, and his contribution to the game has been enormous. What a colossal figure he's been, helping the Kiwis win that Rugby League World Cup that I've touched on at the top of our discussion, mm. uh, coaching England, coaching in the Brisbane Rugby League. He was there with Don Ferner uh, at the Canberra Raiders many, many moons ago, the late Don Ferner, senior I'm talking about. Of course, the Broncos, St. George, Illawarra, where he did well winning a premiership with my cousin Neville Costigan, coaching Newcastle, uh, you know, his legendary stuff at the Broncos. He's still going strong and still got it when some people are just collecting the pension, having a, having a couple of schooners <laughs> on Saturday afternoon. Hey, Costo, yeah. I, I tell you who else is going strong and it's kind of same sort of vein, consistently excellent, is the Melbourne Storm. What, what does anyone oh. have to do to get a break on them? I mean, it just, you can't, like, Craig Bellamy in this outfit, how slick are they? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some people, uh, in, in the, and I love the city of Christchurch, so I'm going to get them fired up this morning. I'm going to say it on your program. <laughs> I said on social media... And I think I think you blokes know where I'm going. Say with it. I did, I did say it that in the 21st century in the Southern Hemisphere, the Melbourne Storm have set the benchmark when it comes to franchise football as a professional team week in week out. They are number one. And yeah, I want that switchboard to light up, baby, like a Christmas tree. They are unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. And Craig Bellamy, guess where he learned his coaching under Wayne Bennett. I wonder if he knows a little bit about counter-espionage. And I'll tell you what, Wayne Bennett, I can't confirm on your program this morning of a possible future after rugby league with ASIO as the head of intelligence for Australia's government. <laughs> You've got all conspiracy on us, Costa. Costa. <laughs> you are so random. I love you this chat. You, hey, have, listen, you hey, have wound hey, up some hey, cantabs. There's one sitting here too, mate. You've wound me right up. What about Baz? He's coaching over in the desert. He could be having fun with us this morning. What a fool. He probably signed with He's you. earning billions, mate. Yeah, you don't... Like yourself, earning yeah, but, billions. But, 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 hey, but the gags are priceless. <laughs> <laughs>
Who gives a rat? <laughs> don't don't worry. He, oh, he'd, he'd side with you, Costa. He'd, he'd, he'd say the Melbourne Storm, Rickson. Although the look, the Crusaders, they've just won so much, so much. I mean, you could stack it up. Now tell us, tell us. Lastly, Costa, tell us uh, before we let you get back to you because we've got you up early. Tell tell us about what's happened with the grand final, the AFL grand final, going up against the Melbourne Storm prelim because oh, well, there's well, been a bit of a shift, yeah, hasn't it? Well, there has been a bit of a shift. It's marvellous because like how things change and there was a few people blowing up yesterday and so in the course of when we spoke off air between yesterday and today today there's been a change and I can tell you having spoken to the NRL yesterday uh, they had great cooperation from their broadcast partners both Channel 9 and Fox they agreed that the game involving Melbourne the preliminary final they say that they've changed the telecast time but at one stage there yesterday I had people coming to me and other 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 people anyone who was willing to listen, blowing up Deluxe, blowing a gasket. They were going into Repco getting spare parts because (laughs) if you love the Melbourne Storm, you had to choose between the AFL Grand Final and and no rugby league. And and they were having a breakdown, a nervous nally. So the NRL's responded. They've had cooperation from the broadcast partner. So the Melbourne Storm people who, who probably don't get a lucky break, just to let people know it's still a... You know, in Melbourne, it's a bit like going behind the Iron Curtain during the Cold War. You know, welcome to Belgrade. Hello. You don't, you don't get a lot of rugby league down in Victoria. And, um, you know, and, and I can tell you that Wayne Bennett's not responsible for that either. <laughs> oh, you're an absolute champion. What a, what a little interview you've given us this morning, Costa. It would be remiss of me not to ask you. Give us a couple of your greatest one-liners before you go, mate. The people want it. Oh, I'm ready to go to bed. The people want it. Well, I've, got one, I've got one here. I've got one here. It's got Jerry, see you, Sue, and I'll see you, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> I don't know. That, but look, look, they were great days. And I just want to say that I was looking at some photographs, thanks to Andrew Corniger from Photosport, um, a great friend of mine. is arguably New Zealand's leading sports photographer and uh if you want to get on my Twitter feed at Costo Jason, how's that? More plugs than your local hardware. Good store. little plug before you go. I love it. <laughs> for, for, for sure. I'm having some prospective station sponsors to contact your people and say so that we can say to Baz, hey, mate, you went away, but it didn't fall apart, did it? <laughs> it wasn't We're like, still it wasn't floating, like mate. The, the lights are hey, on. It wasn't like the old days of the Beige Brigade. You get one, you get plenty. Costo, thank you for your time this morning, Costo. Bloody appreciate it, mate. You go back to sleep and uh, enjoy the. Go back to sleep, mate. And enjoy the NRL this weekend. It's great stuff. We get to watch it uncomplicated with the Warriors done and dusted for the season. But we'll catch up again at some stage soon, mate. Go well. I'll be having dreams of 110 kilos of prime Polynesian beef coming straight up Main Street. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See see you later, Costa. Izzy, Costa's on another level, isn't he? He's he's still asleep, mate. That was the most randomest IV I've ever done. But it was great. Great chat from Costa out of Australia. Thanks so much for joining. And great to have him back on the airways, mate. He is... The voice that everyone recognises when it comes to the Warriors' calls. I love it. All right, there you go. It is 22 minutes past 8 o'clock. Talking some NRL with Jason Cost again. We've got Paul Moati from the TAB coming up soon. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day.
As it is here for breakfast, it is 27 and a half minutes past 8 o'clock. Costo's got the punters up and about. There's some good one-liners coming through, Izzy. We'll get to those in a second. But a man who has been known for a one-liner and a song from time to time is Paul Mawate from the TAB for a live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. Morning, Paul. Yeah, morning, fellas. Paulie, Paulie, what do you got, brother? Uh, <laughs> well, I've got a couple of promotions, in, and then if we've got time, I've got a, a little bit of a song. Uh, we'll see if we can get through it anyway. Yes. We've got bonus back on the uh, Las Vegas Raiders-Baltimore Ravens game, which kicks off around quarter past 12 this afternoon. Also got a racing bonus back promotion on races one and two from the Addington Greyhounds today. Uh, just head to the tab.co.nz website. Uh, for all the T's and C's surrounding that. Um, and it, I think that's about it for today. Uh, of course, you can still get your tennis multi-busters as well and your American sport multi-busters. So, yeah, get stuck in there. Paul, uh, come the on. Tigers, don't don't, time, don't hold we? out. Don't hold out, Paul. Come on, mate. <laughs> all Serenade right. me. Come on. There we go. There we go. He went as fast as in Trevier. And now Daisy has to help him with his underwear. Well, that don't <laughs> seem fair. We should all say a prayer for Daisy and his. He saw a surgeon to fix his foot and his toes. He saw a surgeon. How Daisy copes. Well, nobody knows. He saw a surgeon. Ooh, he saw a surgeon so he can play golf again with his Wednesday friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is one of the greats, Paulie Mawani. Whoa, boy, clip that. Clip that, Karen. Joe, clip that and put that up. That is so good, Paulie Mawani. <laughs> I think that's going platinum. No, seriously, like, oh. I, I think that's going. I think that's going platinum, Paul. Oh, is... You've always got a place at my house, bud. Daisy will cook for you anytime. She'll <laughs> love that. She'll love that. That is great. <laughs> well, well, if we get out of this lockdown, we'll be down there with our golf tour and see. So look out, is yeah. Look forward to it, Pauling Wade. What a champion! Right. Oh. Thanks, Paul. All right, there you go. TAB <laughs> promotions in play in all the sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. Trudy's with the news now. I don't know how she's going to follow that. This is for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Wow. Paul Moate before the news with an absolute doozy. We're going to have to give that a repeat at some stage before the week is out. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Baz is over in the IPL, of course, coaching the Kolkata Knight Riders. Izzy Dag down there in Hohoka and up here in Auckland in Level 4. Here we are grinding it out on a lovely Tuesday morning. Everton is up 3-1 against Burnley in the 77th minute in their Premier League tie. So, um, and it wasn't shock. It wasn't Chris Wood who who scored the goal for Burnley, which actually is a shock because he scores goal on goal on goal. Keane, Townsend and Gray have all hit the score sheet for Everton. So we will watch that one. We spoke earlier to uh, Mark Ozic, who's been lured over to the Western Force. Well, here you go. Paul Tito 
Former Māori All Black Paul Tito is joining Mark Ozic over there with WA in WA with the Western Force. So that's a great opportunity for two up-and-coming Kiwi coaches to cut their teeth in super rugby. And the other story we mentioned at the top of the hour, coming out overnight in an interview with The Telegraph in the UK, the World Rugby CEO Alan Gilpin has told The Telegraph that biennial World Cups have been considered before and they're definitely they're thinking to consider again it is an interesting concept, he says, especially when you think about the global development of the women's game too. It comes a week after FIFA announced plans to potentially reshape international football in that way. Izzy, if you were a player, well, you were a player, if you are, if you are a current player and you're thinking World Cups every two times, two to every two years, is that something that you get excited about because it's more opportunity or is that something you're like, oh, it's hard to get up and have that same octane every two years, every four years makes it special? What do you think? Yeah, four years for me, mate. Makes it special. It's so hard to win a World Cup, mate. There's so many, so many things that have to fall in place during that time and it's a special occasion too. I just think it'll get old and, and overdone if we go every two years. That's just my opinion. I, I think four years is a great uh, cycle. You know, you build that anticipation. A lot of teams, you know, find their groove, find their niche, you know, four years to perform. It's like the Olympics, you know, every two years, I think the athletes would get over it. They'd probably burn out. Same as rugby, I think four years is, is the perfect uh, recipe at the moment. Um, hopefully it stays like that. But, hey, Bill Beaumont and the World Rugby, they have their own different agendas. And, and another thing as well they were talking about yesterday and it's something that's been a hot topic within World Rugby for the last uh, wee while is um, player eligibility. You know, player eligibility, like the Tier 1 nations, Tier 2 teams, like a lot of our top-line players from the Pacific Islands, Tonga, Fiji, you know, a lot of them might have played 30 seconds for the All Blacks. That stops them from representing their country. So there is going to be conversations. Bill Beaumont last night on Sky TV came out and said that that is high on their agenda, talking about eligibility within the uh, Tier 1 and Tier 2 nations to give these nations potentially like the Malakai Fikitals, the Lima Sapuangas, the guys that have played for the All Blacks many, many times, giving them the opportunity. So looking forward, hopefully we can get some traction back in that sense so these nations can get some top-line players and actually can compete on the world stage. Izzy, I reckon that is one of the all-time great um, there's no there's no downside, you know, topics, subjects. It's, you know, how usually you can find an argument for both things. Who in their right mind wouldn't think it's a good idea after a few years for Malachi Fikitoa to go back and play for Tonga? Like, who, who thinks that that's going to be bad for the sport? And I think, so if you kind of get to that consensus, it's just about finding operationally how you make it happen, eh? It is, it is. And, and there's a lot of things that got to go under the, water, uh, under the bridge as well. But you've seen what it's done for league. Tonga league team yeah. making the World Cup final, you know, what it did for their nation. A lot of these people are proud Pacific Island play, uh, you know, people as well. Their families, their mum and dad live back in the islands. They want to put on their jersey and represent their families and, and, and wear it with pride and actually compete. There's nothing worse than seeing... You know, watching Tonga play the All Blacks and getting beaten 100 nil, and seeing the, the emotion on these players' faces, they just got an absolute hiding, but they do it because they love their country, you know. So hopefully we can get some uh, some common sense involved and, and these players can go back and play for their teams and, and eligibility can be a little bit you know, lenient towards those players that have played for other nations. Um, on the text machine just off league and we'll head off soon and come back and talk about Auckland. 
but this is all-time great from Costo. The Aussie physio team has been around since Jesus played fullback for Jerusalem. <laughs> you got to get the voice in there, Luke. Oh, you go, you go, go. This it. Aussie physio team has been around since Jesus played fullback for Jerusalem. <laughs> Someone right. call National Geographic. There's a flying kiwi out there. So give <laughs> us a text. Keep them coming in, mate. There's some absolute beauties. <laughs> That's amazing. You're right. He needs a voice. All right. Maybe just a bit flat in Auckland today. That's all right, because you're going to cheer us up. And 800 150 by the way, if you're in Auckland and you're feeling a bit flat, you want Izzy to cheer us up, give us a call on the Kennard's Hire phone line. Otherwise, we're going to let him wax lyrical about everything he loves about the 09 after this, we are 21 and a half minutes away from 9 o'clock before Ian Smith takes over. You're listening to Baz Nizzy for breakfast. Yeah, we're here for about 17 more minutes and uh, up in Auckland, Izzy, it was a bit sombre yesterday at 4pm when we got the news that we'll be in lockdown for another week. Do you do you feel, uh, or you're still in level 2 down there, do you feel a bit sad for us or all your emotions? I do, I do, mate. I, I feel sorry for, for the people of Auckland. And look, we love to poke a bit of fun with our, you know, our biggest city, the Auckland city up there. But hey, I've just got a few kind words. I've had some many, many great experiences up there. So, um, DJ, spin that track. Auckland City. A lot of times when people reference Auckland or refer, refer to Auckland, there's always some negative remark that follows. Different people. Different agendas, different way of life. Sometimes we like to make fun of our good friends up in the big smoke. Sometimes it's justified with a good story or a simple example amplifying what was said. But today, I'm not here to get caught up in that nonsense. Today I'm here to share my love, my experience for the city and the people of Auckland. Auckland City, where dreams are made of. Where this young kid from Hawke's Bay got to fulfil his lifelong dream of representing his nation. A packed out Eden Park is by far my fondest memory to date. You just can't beat the city of Auckland. Or just a simple catch up with my good friends hitting all the local eateries in and about Auckland. Ponsonby Central, Ibisu, Prego and those delicious Te Matuku oysters. You just can't beat the city of Auckland. Also, walking the fairways of the amazing golf courses Auckland has to offer. Titarangi, Wainui, Murawai, Winross Farms, the list could go on and on. You just can't beat the city of Auckland. So I say to you now, Auckland City, there will be many of you that will be struggling more than others through this. Mentally, physically, or just plain old had enough. Please be kind. Please look after yourself. Please check in on each other. And most importantly, please ask for help if things aren't okay. Although it may seem that things aren't getting any better and the end isn't even close, I say differently, you are making a difference. You are sacrificing so much so our kids are safe and we can sing and dance into the summer ahead. So keep it up, Auckland. The end is near. We've got this. Thank you, Auckland. You just can't beat Tamaki Makoto. How good. The 09 from Izzy Dag and Ahoka. How good is it? 
Oh, mate. I, I, I actually, yeah, I wrote that last night. I was just thinking about my experiences. Like, we love to have a little bit of laugh with, with our Aucklanders, but, mate, what a beautiful city it is. And there are so many hospitality joints, so many people that will be struggling out there. I just want to share my love and, and just say, look, we're thinking of you. Please stay strong through this tough time. A lot of uncertainty. But what you're doing now will make a difference in the end, and we will hopefully be sitting on the beaches, Trudy, sipping away on a nice little martini just with our family and friends enjoying the summer ahead so keep it up Auckland we love you and uh, keep up the great work yeah thanks Izzy and you know it's a it's such a it's so it's worth pointing out that the people of Auckland being up here and I'm sure everyone will agree we are doing our absolute best you walk around the park face masks are everywhere just trying to get a bit of fresh air but people are playing by the rules for the most part doing everything we can it's nice to get the mm. plaudits from the Prime Minister and from other people from around the country, but you do feel a bit like a Dorklander sometimes up here in the big smoke. You wonder why you're doing it, sitting in traffic, and then you get locked down for five weeks. But we are doing a service to the rest of the country. So one more week. I just think that's so well said, mate. So thank you on behalf of... Oh, I can't believe I'm going to call myself an Aucklander. Thank you on behalf of Aucklanders <laughs> everywhere. Uh, we do respect <laughs> that. And uh, we're not far away. Hey, we're not far away. How about a little... No far away. A little Chibo date when this is all done, is he? Ooh, yes, a little Chibo. There's so many There's so many things you're looking forward to. So give us a text. We want to go. When you, once you get our lockdown, give us a text in Auckland, double eight, double three. what you're looking forward to, and we'll make sure we share some love for our small businesses. I think uh, Smithy's gone to the vomit bin to have a little spew, spew up down there in the Hawks Bay, but that's all right. We'll be back with him. I'm sure he does agree. And the heart of hearts is Baz and Izzy for breakfast, 12 minutes away from nine. Been here all morning. We'll be back with Ian Smith on Sleep On It after this. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Yeah, six minutes away from nine o'clock. You can call throughout the day. Ian Smith, Mark Stafford, Kirsty, and Beeve on 0800 150 811. That's the Kennards higher phone line. And on 8833, Jacinda needs to get Izzy along to one of those 1pm press conferences to say that. There you go, Izzy. You're, you've been called, given a call up to government. That's what they reckon. Oh, no, nah, mate. Okay, no good up there. No good up there. I can't match uh, Smithy's sermon, which is probably my highlight of the day. So looking forward to that. And we've actually got Smithy on the line, I think. Are you there, Smithy? Good morning. Yes, good morning to you, Israel. And good morning to you too, Louis. Lovely day. How are you, mate? It's lovely. You good? Well, it's wet. It's wet in the bay. Mm. So uh, we're looking forward to uh, already, Louis. With the prospect of uh, the rain coming up this week, we're not looking at anything uh, better, I don't think, than a soft track. I'm sorry. What? Mm. I'm really? Sorry. Really? But, it, but, but we can't go. We can't go. So, you know, only the owners and the, those guys sneaking in the back door can go. So that's... Um, <laughs> that's you, probably you, that's isn't it? a sad thing. You, you, you Hawks no. Bay Mafia connections. Aren't you the so, like, gunk Mafia boss down there? What does that, no, what does that do for the faves? What does that do for the form? Because Avantage was horrendous last time on that soft track. So does that change the the odds, Smithy or Louis? Well, that was Smithy's, well, uh, that was oh, actually Smithy's yeah. sleep on it question. So we didn't get to do it yesterday, oh, okay. but on Friday, yeah. oh, okay. it was yep. uh, Smithy. On Monday, can you come back and let us know who the true favourite you think is for the Tarzino uh, Trophy? And that's it. So there we go. What a what a lead in. Okay, well I can I can put forward a case for uh, for a number of horses, but 
Uh, I think Callsign Mav will win the race. There you go. I, I honestly think Callsign Mav is great value at the moment. Mm. And I think uh, as a local, uh, done some work on the track recently, as well as uh, a nice trial in Taupo. I think uh, Callsign Mav will win it. Um, that will be my early in the week prediction. But as I say, uh, forecast for today is rain. It's raining now. Forecast tomorrow for rain. Forecast Thursday for quite substantial rain. Wow. So, Louis, that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at at the market, and that's just local knowledge uh, I have been passed on by a local weather guru. Okay? Mm. So that's all I'm, I'm prepared to say about that. Wow. I'm kind of, it, that is interesting because a lot of those horses, so Avantage prefers a, bit, a better track. I think Coolside Mav does. Tavi Mack, maybe. I mean, after last start, who knows? Ocean Billy flew home. Gino Severini can get a little bit of a wet, wet track. Deerfield, does it bring into it? It's a fascinating picture Anyway, Smithy, uh, Izzy said that he's, he gave us a really heartwarming message in, up in Auckland just saying, you know, hang tough and stuff. Do you just want to replicate that? Do you just want to? <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, actually, I do. I, I, no, I've got, I've got a lot of friends up there, Izzy. A lot of friends up there, um, you know, and, and thanks for looking at me straight down the barrel, Trudy. Yes, I'll come up with something nice for you. Uh, look, here's the thing. Uh, I feel very sorry for uh, the bulk of Aucklanders. Those that are being held up, the good people in Auckland that are being held up by a very small number, a very, very small selection, um, are being badly affected. And I find that um, really disappointing. Very, very disappointing, mm. to be honest. Uh, I also can't understand uh, for the rest of us as he, around here, if they firmly believe that it's not here, if they firmly believe mm. that it's not here, they must, because they released us down mm. to level two. Why aren't we a level one? I mean, if it's yeah. not here, it's not here, is it? If the prospect of it being yeah, here is being here, why are we on level two? I, I don't understand mm. the logic there. Is that the rest of the country at level two to appease the Aucklanders who are at level four? Would they be able to tolerate a level four to level one split? Couldn't help yourself. <laughs> and what is level three? At least I'm, at least I'm going to sit on the fence on this one. Anyway, just asking. <laughs> No, they, I, I totally agree. Yesterday I was talking about, but I just thought, mate, they can't let Christchurch and the rest of Queenstown and everyone go along, have parties in Auckland, sit up there. That, that'll be, that would be fair, I think. But anyway, that's just my assumption. What, what do you got on the show, uh, Smithy? What do you got today? You got a busy one? Awful. Yeah, I, I don't know. All for one and one for all. Is it the Three Musketeers mm. or Joseph Stalin? <laughs> oh, anyway, here's, what have I got? <laughs> Here we go. Ah, uh, right. What? what have I got here? Tim, Tim Seifert. Tim Seifert. Um, uh, of course, yeah. Black Cat, uh, IPL, um, extraordinaire, and now CPL. We've got Tim. We've got Phil Tautarangi. Phil Tautarangi uh, on the Ryder Cup. Ryder Cup coming up, is he, very soon? So those teams have been finalised nice. now. And where's, where's Foxy at? Has he got his card? Where is? Uh, good mate of yours, Fletcher Smith. Of course, uh, Waikato first 5'8". Um, he is uh, running the Carter there as the co-captain. Uh, where are Waikato at uh, with rugby coming up this weekend? Lavina Good and Mark Hinton are on the panel. Interesting subjects nice. there. Louis will be back. Brendan Popwell. Morgan Turanui on Quade Cooper after 11 o'clock. And um, we've also got our Mount Rushmore, which is a segment as he, uh, on uh, the top four every now and then and the top four sporting upsets. Top four sporting upsets in our thinking between mm. John Day and myself. So really busy. Nice, nice, Smithy. Well, thank you so much for joining. I'm oh, looking forward to your sermon, mate. It's one of my highlights of the day. So enjoy your show. Well, that's enough from us here on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Stay tuned. Smithy's up next.
through to Nyar 12 o'clock, and then he's followed by Staffy in the afternoons, and then the team Beaver and Kirsty will be bringing home the drive. But thank you to my team, Trudy, Joe, Kieran, and Louie. It's been a great show so far. Tune in tomorrow, same time, 6 a.m. Wednesday, and we'll bring you some absolute heat tomorrow. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day. Kaki Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.